Sweet, baby. There we go. Check, check, one, two. Check it, check a one, two. One of these days, I'm gonna add more stuff. Uh, I, I think of all kinds of funny things in the car. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna add that. Me too. And I and I'm either not in the right place. Yeah. Or, well, I'm the epitome uh, of uh, getting back to my old high school ways. 100% doing the assignment the day of. <laughs> That's okay. You son of a bitch. <laughs> ah. That's okay. You know, I've been, I think it's the algorithm because uh, a buddy of mine is a uh, sheriff's deputy in Ventura County. And uh, and so he'll sh- send me videos and every now and again. So now I'm getting all these videos. It's like, uh, oh, uh, it's wild out here on PCH. And it's like just road rage uh, video. Like, I don't know if it's dash cam or just people have the forethought of like taking video and stuff like this. Have you seen these videos on Instagram? And uh, No, I haven't. And all that stuff? Oh, the algorithm hasn't hit you. So anyway, I see all this stuff. And it makes me think of like, man, what would I do in these situations where people are like road raging people? And I used to be that way, I guess. Susie would get mad at me when I was driving because I was just really mad at people that were being inconsiderate. <laughs> I wasn't sure. going out of my way. If somebody was an asshole, I wanted to make sure that they knew it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just never know like uh, – have you? How many accidents, car accidents, have you been in? I just one fender bender in my truck on my way really? to Applebee's. Really? Were yeah. you the uh, hitter or hitty? I was going through the intersection. I had the green light, and it was a like, forty-five. So I wasn't going super fast, but I was going top speed. And a woman pulled out in front of me. She was turning right onto the same road as me, and she never accelerated. I don't think she saw me, and so I slammed I on the brakes, mm-hmm. tapped tapped her, and then we pulled over and realized. Got it. Yeah. Now, did she do that thing where she like was uh, my fear in that situation is that they're going to pretend to get hurt. Right. She didn't say she didn't realize that. I don't think she realized it. She didn't have any whiplash or anything. It wasn't a hard hit. In fact, my car, my bumper was the only thing that was dented. Her car was fine. Um, Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It was nothing on her. She agreed. There was nothing on it. And I said, all right, are are we good here? Yeah. Yeah. She didn't do that thing where she's like, oh, you know, like, oh, I'm or anything like that no she didn't pull that's that always me. the scary thing i guess i'm trying to think if anybody's ever done that to me but like it's always the fear right is like these people going out and doing this what i like to call insurance hurting <laughs> this is jimmy pod <laughs> insurance hurting insurance Justin. certain oh man insurance hurting <laughs> insurance hurting <laughs> that was really anyway. good thanks man it was a fantastic <laughs> one um i hit I, I have um a street racer I, I think i've told this story on the pod and we'll talk about in our housekeeping how people can actually go find this stuff now um, yeah I probably found the story on the uh, told the story on the pod, but um, somebody clipped me while they were doing the street racing thing and zoom in and out of the lanes on the freeway, and sent me flying off the freeway, and I was upside down and totaled my car and all that stuff. This was in your van, right? Yeah, that was in the Aerostar. <sighs> and uh, um, I've had uh, somebody where I was pulling out of my high school, and somebody's riding down Highland. Like, you know, you know, that Highland Hill from the Hollywood Bowl. Like, maybe they have yeah. speed all the way from there. Just completely, like, I was out in the sidewalk because, like, from the 
parking lot. You have to cross the sidewalk down onto the driveway to get out to Highland from the school right there next to the auditorium. And someone just slammed right into my car Jeez. on their bike. And it was like, dude. And they were riding on the sidewalk, which was also the issue, right? But I was already out. And luckily, as somebody was driving up Highland, was like, no, I saw it. He hit you, blah, 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 blah. So um, that and like, uh, especially, I feel like in that van, I was getting hit all the time. I don't know why. Like the back so big, was just shredded. Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess I had a bunch of stickers on it. People were maybe looking at the Maybe they were, yeah, distracted. Yeah. Uh, I think I was at fault one time pulling out of my driveway when I was living in Hollywood. And it was just a blind driveway, like shrubs all the way up on both sides, all the way out to the street. Plus, everybody parked on the street at that time. I'm pulling out to see if I can see, and somebody's, like, coming up the street. Obviously, here's the thing. I was at fault, but, like, they're coming up the street so fast, I have to pull out to a certain sure distance to be able to see. And if and you so, do the thing that I do, which is you pull out, stop, pull out, stop, pull out, stop, they probably mm-hmm. are thinking, oh, this person's going to stop uh, Yeah, and they not must be stopping because they see me or Correct. something. Correct. Yeah. 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 Um. And then, yeah, uh, I hit a cougar going over uh That was Canaan you? Once. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I, I assume it was. Here's the thing is I never found it afterward. <laughs> I did the dumb thing and got out looking for it because I wanted to make sure it, it was okay. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I guess I wanted to know, like, what the fuck did I hit? Yeah. Um, and uh, somebody I worked with used to work uh, for animal control. And so, like, kind of examine the fur that was in the front of the car. Anyway, that, I uh, had to take it to an auto body shop. And insurance, like, like it was because it was an animal. Like, it, I think I basically had to pay the deductible. And there was no ding on my uh, record or anything like Good. that. Good. So, no no insurance hurting. <laughs> no, no insurance hurting <laughs> on that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, anyway, that's that. Uh, housekeeping. Oh, um, yeah. Let's, let's talk about your big thing. Your super awesome <laughs> thing that you came up with. Yeah, and I can't believe you put it together as quickly and easily as you did. Seemingly as easily as you did. Right. I don't know really the the background behind it at all. But I feel like what really made it easy was all the 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 horsepower that I have at my disposal now. (laughs) It it takes uh, (laughs) it's uh, it's a few minutes per track. So I would I would queue up seven or eight of them and let it go for about forty five minutes, and it would have them all. Have them all and done. So what you're talking about is Adobe Premiere's auto transcribe feature. Right. And I realized what I was doing before was I was sort of thinking it thinking too hard. And I was taking it, I was isolating it with a, telling it to figure out the speakers. And if we had people on or if mm-hmm, we had mm-hmm. people talking in like a bit that we did, it would add another speaker in there. And I was trying to track all that stuff, and every episode was taking like an hour. And then I thought, you know, I'm just going to run all these 155 through. And I left the speakers on, but I don't display them on this results page. All mm-hmm. I display in the results is the episode, the timestamp that this shows up, and then that um, that excerpt, which has the phrase, mm-hmm. that phrase, which is a word or a, an actual phrase that that shows up in that. And and so from a user standpoint, what, do, what is the user, what, what can the user now do? Oh, so 155 episodes that are cataloged in here and every one that we do, I'll add in the new one. Um, this is going to be a, uh, it's going to be some exclusive access first, right? Um, sure. And then uh, you can put any phrase in here. So if I was to put into the search bar, like in my case, I put in cheese. Um, it shows me 63 results with phrase cheese found in the podcast files. And that goes through and lists them all. Uh, in order from the closer 
all the way ah, down to... that's how it's uh, closer in terms of most recently released or more... It cycles sure so... That it yeah, that thing the, the regular expression runs through all of the episodes as they are cataloged on the hosting server. So it goes from 001 all the way to 155. Mm-hmm. Um, and then anyone where it flags it, then it pops it out as a result. So let me see. Let's see this one. This is from JEP 153 Clarity using the word cheese. See how well it works. <laughs> I practice with me. So that's great <laughs> Here, let's try this one this is from it's also so so and also uh know that this is all ai generated from yeah <laughs> so one. it the it's it's better to search using this term which we'll give you url for shortly um it's better to search a more general idea like cheese is a really good prompt yeah. where you're you don't want to say like you ate the whole wheel of cheese because it's ai generated and phonetically indexed so it's like how how sure are you that we ever said that in those terms and that adobe premiere understood that we said it in that way and used the same punctuation you fed it so it's better to feed it general shorter queries yeah. right yeah. Did you have any in in mind for me to run real quick? Well, I love the the mutton chops. One oh that yes, you did. <laughs> if I put in that mutton was a chops, great prompt. So there's eight results with mutton chops. Um, <laughs> let's see, this is from Coffee. I love these chops. I grew mutton chops in high school. You know, you, you know why? Grow- <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here. This is also from um, <laughs> from Coffee and Cigarettes. It's a lot he's of like, mutton. What do you think? And he's got these. <laughs> Um, these uh, prosthetic facial hair. He's like goatee or mutton chops. <laughs> that <is laughs> and that was the first time I knew what a mutton chop was. <laughs> What's fun is I, I, so I went through most of the things and over the course of 155 episodes, my delivery is consistent. Yes. <laughs> hey, good. That's so great. Goatee or mutton, mutton chops. chops. <laughs> On caveman. Caveman. Here's another one. <laughs> I'm glad you searched for that. To marry an Earthman's wife. This movie rules, and I think I've already done uh, impressions from this. Goatee or mutton chops? Uh, this is from Mom and Dad Save the World. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, you can put pretty much anything that you think we would say. Yeah, and uh, it's useful here. if it went specifically for these things. I think I told the story on the pod before, and just right. like for you know. Aerostar or clipped or freeway or something, some keyword from that, and you will likely come across the episode and the time. So for the nerds out there, how does this work technically? So what Adobe Premiere gives us is a essentially are you utilizing the SRT file? Are you exporting? So I get I I export just to a text file, straight text. So it's just Mm -hmm. a few kilobytes. I think the whole the lot of everything is like 20 megabytes. So I thought, hey, when this thing runs through. Because um, it's running from it's running from my server to your server because your server is hosting all the files, mm. uh, and then mine's hosting the website, which is where the the process runs. Oh. So what it does is you put your phrase in, it runs it through a regular expression, and all a regular expression is it takes strings, and what it does is it goes it treats every file as one big string, and then it runs through, and once it hits a line that let's say in this case I search for Martinez, so Mar- Matt Martinez shows up. It shows that line that was excerpted, excerpted from. Mm-hmm. 
And the text file that Adobe Premiere spit out, how often is it attaching timecode to each? Like, how is it finding for every single every uh-huh. single line that it, it spits out? So you talk, I talk. It puts a new bracket in Got there. It. So it says mm-hmm. you start talking here. You end this this uh, excerpt ends here. So my timestamp shows where it begins for every one of these instances. Got it. So there's a couple of extra things. So that's all it does. It uses a basic regular expression, which is programming language, just to grab the data, run through, and then spit out what matches. And then it just does some fun stuff like math, where it tells you how many results are totaled, the appearances that I, the styling that I put in here to make it look like Jimmy Eat Pod comment, you know, or colors and stuff. So it was, this was a labor of love. Um, yeah, man, it's so I'm, cool. And then like I, I guess I'm, I'm what we're feeding it is the exact file that's on the server right so exactly like, it's just so cool that it oh knows, and that's like yes it's that's able another to translate thing. that and take you to that time you're of right the episode. so that's another thing so what it does is it finds the starting time of that excerpt uh and then what it does is it converts it from hours minutes and seconds to a straight second so like let's say 14 minutes and 34 seconds um into an episode that's 866 seconds Mm-hmm. So it says the timestamp on the actual audio file is 866 seconds. So it starts the audio file right where the start of this excerpt was. So it, yeah, and that's, that's another piece cool of math thing. that you programmed it to do. Or yeah, it's just a conversion. It's that. just okay. taking because it's able it, PHP can do simple calculations and complex mm-hmm. ones, uh, and that's one of them where it can convert time. So you can convert convert time, time zones, cool, all that stuff. Yeah, that's wild. So this is super cool. Uh, I know we'd mentioned that it would be exclusive access, so I assume we'll launch it out to patrons as like a beta test sort of thing and tell them to break it. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> we'll put we'll we'll blast out the show notes and stuff like that. But how much how much time do you think you put into something? Oh, this? I think with the the, the obviously transcribing all the episodes was yeah. a big pain in the ass. But that, once yeah. the once the data was available to you, and I I, I think I'd. I had spent probably, tw- I'd say, 12 to 15 hours on and off just writing the script to to run everything. The last couple of hours was just pretty much making things pretty. Nice. Yeah. And then uh, if you had to do it again, is this something you could replicate? Uh, could we, oh, yeah. Could we monetize oh, yeah, this. this in some way? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you could easily. Um, as long as you have a, a an MP3 or any kind of audio file, uh, mm-hmm. and then you have the script my thing will do all the conversion for you. Yeah. Sweet. Uh-huh. We should market this over to our friends at Blink 155. And say, hey, man, so wanna, much content. <laughs> anybody can now they could. They would need to pay someone to... To just, get the transcript. Oh, yeah. Just do all that. And I'm sure they could do it, man. They've got so much money. <laughs> <laughs> or they just just uh, will the listenerships to do it. Anyway, yeah, I think that, that's fun. it. This was... Yeah. It was like... It was funny. I think it came from me explaining to you like, oh, I can search Avid Phrase Find. And it's yep. like kind of like it's slower than you want it to be and kind of annoying because it's 100% phonetic and not based on transcripts. Right. But then I was like, hey, Adobe Premiere has this transcription thing. You have to do the transcript. But once it's done, it's really great and really easy to search and all this stuff. And it's really quick. And you were like, oh, I, I could translate that to the web. And fuck, you fucking did it, man. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, super cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm stoked. Yeah. I've been I've been fiddling with it and, and playing with it, thinking of uh, real, real quick. This is from if you don't don't. I searched for the word fries. Okay, I, I like this one. Am I right in some? 
<laughs> no, it's not Vegemite. That's it sounds. Duh, like no, I'm not Australian, man. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. No, it's so it's fries, right? And then there's gravy and cheese curds that you put on it. It looks literally like a mess, but it tastes amazing. And so, like, it's from Quebec. It's a French Canadian thing. But I went to a restaurant just outside, like in kind of one of the <laughs> the suburban areas around. I think he's talking. I thought that was the clip of you. You were talking about maybe the same thing. I think in a different episode you were talking about the same that poutine. same poutine, yeah, that whole yeah. thing. That's uh, good. Yeah, but you can have fun with this thing. Ugh, super fun, super super fun. So, uh, since we last recorded, something loud acoustic has been released. Yeah, I still haven't listened to it. It's <laughs> it good. I just haven't had a moment um, to. Uh, uh, it's been a busy busy week, so um, haven't had a moment. Stoked to hear it. And it's just called something loud acoustic, right? Like, yep, that's it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I think I I dipped in and out of the music video. I think it's just it's very much yeah. like Queen. What's where cool it's floating is heads. like in doing the research for this episode, they did the same thing with Sure and Certain. They released yeah. a a yeah a an actual like them video acoustic recording of them playing um, right Sure and Certain. Um, Jim is better. They rescheduled shows and have since played those yeah. shows or are in the middle of playing them right now. And uh, so that's great. Yes, thank goodness to see them back out there. And then uh, we're both seeing Jimmy Eat World this month with our families. And yeah, end of this twenty yeah. eighth, uh, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, we're driving out with the kids. Uh, got somebody watching the dogs, and uh, we'll be out there for the weekend. And it'll be exciting. I'm sure we're going to talk about meeting up with people. I'm sure we will like reluctantly say hello in a very <laughs> awkward way, and then. Uh, <laughs> Um, not that yeah. we don't enjoy meeting people. I just don't know what to do after you say hi. Like, and then it, <laughs> I met a bunch of uh, people from Mark Hoppus's Discord server at Disneyland last weekend. And uh, I could definitely feel like when there was a lull in the conversation. So I was trying to like keep it up and like, yeah, all right, yeah I mean, like, all right. And then at some point I was just like, all right, well, because we were sort of waiting for somebody. I was like, well, let's all meet up again when they're when we're all here in the park. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's time. It's time. Yeah. Well, we're going to go. We're going to head out. Yeah. <laughs> the old hands on the, the kids the, and the all that stuff. I'm like, you guys don't want to deal with these kids. So, yeah. Deal with that. Anyway. Um, sweet. Any other housekeeping before we jump into the episode? Proper? Nope. That, w- that was it. Sweet. Um, again, absolutely top notch. N- yeah. Notch, Thanks, man. Uh, technical work for me. I'm very excited <laughs> to have this toy. Um, between man, we've created some really cool technology with this up. We this have podcast because yeah. this and the bias <laughs> order and all that stuff, like <laughs> really fun stuff. Um, so the song is sure and certain. It's from Integrity Blues. There was also a seven inch. Re- oh, let me uh, let me set my beer down so I can look at all these notes I've put here for myself. Um, it's a there's a seven inch, a forty five seven inch, backed with my enemy. It's also on. Get this and what is the name? Of, let me see if I can get. I'm going to put this in. I don't know how to say this. It's a uh, Dynalone Records did a promotional sampler in partnership with this Scotch whiskey, but I want to get the name right. Um, Maybe you know it. A-U-C-H-E-N-T-O-S-H-A-N. Auchentoshan? Autenschon? Auchentoshan? But if it's Scotch, it would be like a Scottish word. That sounds German Right, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Here, I'm going to do IBM Watson text-to-speech. Start for free. Is this going to be as easy as I want it to be? God damn it. <laughs> How do I do text-to-speech? Uh, uh, <laughs> Here, naturalreaders.com. Classic. Achentosan. Achentosan. 
Oshentoshin. 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 Are you able to hear that? Oshentoshin. Huh. Oshentoshin. Oshentoshin. Anyway, it reminded me like the fact that they did like this uh, sampler with a uh, with interesting. A, uh, Scott I, see what this... I mean, Dynalone Records did the thing, but anyway, right? Um, reminded me of Spaceide. So ah, uh, yeah. There's also the Integrity Blues Acoustic, which was released December eighth, two thousand seventeen. They did a KGSR Broadcasts Volume twenty five, Track two of thirty, Alternative Sampler Volume. I can't believe in twenty seventeen there were this many, or twenty sixteen slash twenty seventeen there were so many samplers still being made. Um, track seventeen of seventeen of the Alternative Sampler Number thirty five, and then there was the Jimmy Eat World Are You Listening EP where they put the acoustic version, Track two of five. Uh, and that was released in March of 2017. Um, and, oh, that uh, Alternative Sampler Volume 35 was distributed in Poland by the local Sony Music Company. And uh, track two of... Yeah, 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 yeah. Integrity Blues Acoustic came out December 8th, 2017. Anyway, all of that stuff. Uh, it is uh, the proper track, sure and certain, was released... Uh, <laughs> not released... Um, is track two of 11 on Integrity Blues. Now, the track itself was premiered on K-Rock uh, August 30th, 2016, when the album was announced. The album itself was released October 21st, 2016. Um, produced by JMJ and Jimmy Eat World, recorded at Sunset Sound. It's a uh, written by Jimmy Eat World, singer is Jim, featuring Courtney Marie Andrews and Robin Vining, who also sang on You With Me, Paul Roger, and pretty grids for Robin. And uh, Robin also played keyboards on The End is Beautiful and Paul Roger. So CMA and Robin Vining on this track in particular, which is really exciting. It's an RCA slash exotic location recordings release. Do I get a pickle with that song uh, with a bunch of ASCAP info that exists? No demo that I was able to find. Their number 18th most played song, 307 times altogether, 98 in 2017. First time they played it was September 7th, 2016 at Bush Hall in London, England. Most recently played September 29th, 2022 at History Toronto, Ontario, Canada. No notable high notes mentioned, but the acoustic version has the E3 and D3 as notable low notes. 52,000 listeners scrabbled this track 245.4 thousand times. 32 of which are for me. How many Scrabbles do you have, Justin? I listen to this album a lot, man. This is 152. Nice. And yeah. what are the Spotify numbers looking like? Spotify, this is the most listened tr- listened to track on this album. Uh, it's the lead thir- single? Well, yeah. well there was also Get Right. So, right. Sure and Certain is 13.5 million. Get Right is almost 12 million. And everything else is sitting between like 2 and 4 million. Wow. Listen, so, what yeah. Pop- this that's has a pretty popular album. Man. It, Yeah. <laughs> One of my faves, man. Yeah. It's- <laughs> um, so I wrote here that post-chorus slash bridge. Um, so good. Uh, oh, yeah. G major- oh, and then also, who who was it? Yeah, Pitchfork likened that little part I'm talking about specifically to a church's song. Uh, not a church's song in particular, but just that this sounds like churches who are self-professed huge Jimmy World fans. So that makes oh, me happy because gotcha. I fucking love churches. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, it's a G major key, 9B Camelot, 99 BPM, 336 duration. Let's jump into the lyrics, and I'll pull up the liner notes here. All right, and you can uh, you can fact check me, or at least yeah. make sure that I got it right. 
Because oh, and I don't know if you saw this, but there was one annotation on Genius for the chorus. Oh, I maybe, might forget it. Oh, I'm, yes. If I'm not over there. Yeah, you know what? Let me go over to that just to if you want to if you want to bring that one up when I get there. I'll try to, I'm, but I'm going to be going back and forth between the liner notes too, so I may forget. Gotcha. It, um, I'll I'll have it up just in case. All right. So there's not a lot. There's only a couple of verses and a chorus because we don't have that uh, that typical Jimmy Eat World bridge uh, with lyrics yeah. in it. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I, wanna, <laughs> I mean, I want to listen to it. I I've got it isolated, but this is. This is definitely a Zach Bridge. I love it. Oh, man. So cool. I feel like I just saw recently, and I just wasn't able to find it, but him playing, it was a really cool angle, and not the drum cam that I have for this episode, but another cool angle of him playing it. And it was just like, I can't count this. I I don't know what Zach's playing against the 4-4 here, because it's just so interesting. But anyway. It's, um, yeah, and we can listen to it isolated. It sounds pretty cool. um, Please, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that part a little bit later. Okay, so here, just these these couple of verses. There's not a lot to it. So this is sure and certain, or insurance hurting. <laughs> insurance hurting. <laughs> uh, verse one, I'll, I'll do, I'll split them in half. All right. The clever ways I try to change happen and pass, leaving me the same. Now, I think a uh, narrator here is they're trying something different, or they're trying to be someone different. And in any case, their attempts fail, and they're right back to who they were before, mm-hmm. leaving me this pat. They, they happen in past, leaving me the same. I haven't changed one bit. True. Uh, of course, it must be something else. Leading questions I might ask myself. Now, there's no way this is because of me, right? This uh, it's got to be something else. That's what they're asking themselves. Uh, they start to question their actions and whether it's worth it to attempt to be different or try something different in the first place. So they're. It's that moment of uh, questioning your own existence, that existential uh, moment, that crisis, realizing that uh, are my are my desires and changes even making an, a, a, an effect? Do they have an effect, any change? So I, I did put in, in this chorus, I put the pieces from Genius here. I grabbed it. Sweet. So chorus, sure and certain, wander till we're old. Uh, and I think that this is saying, nah, we're certain things will be different and we'll be experiencing the same cycle for the rest of our lives, never learning um, from our mistakes. So it's getting into that, realizing that we're stuck in this rut. Uh, lost and lurking, wonder till we're cold. Uh, we'll never find that pot of gold. We'll always be judging ourselves based on other people and trying to be different like them. But are they truly any different? It's what It's that... It's an issue that I think everyone, to some degree, deals with. And I, I've reminded myself about this when I get embarrassed or I say something stupid or I think of something silly that I've done in the past. And it's just a simple phrase. And it comes, I'm not even sure who ended up coining this phrase, but it's no one cares as much as you do. And I think you're just grilling yourself over things that people are just going to forget about or don't even care about. And I think for me, Hearing this, I go, hey, that's an interesting concept. And then when someone brought it up to me, he's like, well, what's one what's one thing about me that you could that you could say that's embarrassing? And I go, I don't know, nothing, I guess. It's because I don't care. I don't care to remember that moment. Um, or if I did, I've pushed it so far back that I don't even it doesn't matter to me anymore. So that really solidified it for me, was getting over that whole self-conscious part of it. And I think that's what they're saying here in this narration here is the sure and certain wander till we're old, lost and lurking. We're always going to be searching, uh, wonder till we're cold, uh, till we're cold and dead. We're always going to, you know, till we're dead in the ground. Uh, 
So I think it's just it's just saying that, well, in fact, let me go to the genius thing. If you're not content in your current circumstance, getting a new set of circumstances will not help. We will always be wondering, searching for something. So it's just, it's being happy with who you are and your state of mind, your personality, and that's just making you you. You don't have to keep wanting uh, something. And that new. was posted by C. Curtisi. Thank you for that. Yes. Give them credit. C. Curtisi. Uh, and then the second verse goes like this. What you do works for a time until you drop without a warning sign. And I think that's just saying we all have a certain level of determination. This takes us to and through that initial change. But in the end, we end up just doing as we do, and we go back to who we were uh, when we started. If you keep going on like this, I'll be one more thing for you to miss. So internal monologue of the narrator. Uh, if you keep trying to be something different, you'll miss out on all the things happening in your life. Love, adventure, experience. Now, missing out on all the things happening in your life, David, does that make you think of a quote in a certain movie that you've seen? Probably several times. If you keep mm. if you keep trying to be something different, you'll miss out on all the things happening. That's in your right. Life. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, Ferris Bueller. <laughs> yes, sir. Here it is, and then it goes right into that yellow song. Let's listen to this thing here. Yep. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think that's what the, and, and what's nice here is that that's the end. There's no, there's no bridge where Jim reveals, uh, like, here's, here's the magic card. This is, is this the card you were looking for? Nothing like that in the bridge. So this is that moment in the second verse where he just says, if you keep going on like this, I'll be one more thing for you to miss. So maybe it's a relationship commentary or if it's just an internal monologue, the narrator asking himself, I'm going to miss out on my life if I keep trying to do these things and not living living in the moment. And so the chorus repeats a couple of times. We have that beautiful bridge with the break, the drum break, and then back to the sure and certain. And a really crashing ending too, like boom, 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 really epic ending. Yeah. So a good song, so, not a lot of lyrics, but still tells the story. Yep. It's a good listen. Yeah. So uh, let's jump over into track notes. Yes. I uh, got a couple blurbs that I pulled from Wikipedia that probably are sourced from other articles that we'll probably head on. But sure. Uh, we'll start with these overarching things. On August 30th, 2016, the band debuted the single Certain Certain on radio and announced a new album, Integrity Blues, which was released on October 21st. The band planned to tour in 2018 as part of the Integrity Blues tour with supporting acts The Hotelier and Microwave. Uh, next Wikipedia blurb I have preceded by release of lead single Sure and Certain in August. The band toured Europe and the United States leading up to the release of the album. It was promoted with further stints in Europe and the U.S. until the end of the year. Um, I have some chart info. Sure and Certain debuted at number 31 on the Billboard Alternative Songs chart. It peaked at number 10, making it the band's highest charting single since my best theory reached number two on the chart in 2010. And then I have a link here to the K-Rock article in which they talk about, because of course K-Rock scrubbed any existence of Kevin and Bean ever off their website. You have to go (laughs) to the web archive. Um, But just the, the blog post 
that was written after uh, the band came and visited the studio. This was August 30th, 2016. Jim Adkins from Jimmy World stopped by the Kevin and Bean show this morning to world premiere a new track from the band called Sure and Certain, which you can listen to below. The band premiered their first new song, Get Right, last week, August 21st, and are now back with the follow-up, Sure and Certain. The song is off their newly announced forthcoming album, Integrity Blues, out October 21st via RCA Records. What do you think that was about when they premiered Get Right on the 21st and then put the song out nine days later? Do you think they were like, oh, Get Right's the lead single, and then they all of a sudden like backtracked and were like, wait, no, just kidding, sure and certain. I feel like I vaguely remember at the time it not being weird, but looking at it in hindsight, it's kind of weird. Well, I mean, he does go in. It's the the segment when he came on to talk about sure and certain was 16 minutes long, mm-hmm. uh, and that did not include, in the middle of it, they did play sure and certain. That does not mm-hmm. include that because of you know, copyright reasons and all that. Um, so he did speak a lot. In the beginning of the interview, though, he he's very short with them. I didn't go, pull any of it. Did you? Yeah, I uh, did. I, I have uh, some. Let's listen to some of it. Okay, here we go. So this is um, I've got about four or five different um, bits here. Let me open Sweet. this up. Suck my balls. <laughs> Was that part of it? Um, <laughs> a lot of carbon scoring here. Looks like you boys have seen a lot of action. So here we go. This is from this is from the Kevin and Bean archive. Yes. Yes, this is from the Kevin and Bean archive. So here, let me jump up. This is where they kind of talk about... Sounded kind of like they were coming off of 23. <laughs> so here's the first little segment. Let me mark that. Here's the first little segment uh, where I believe they just get into the whole... Uh, this new single that's out. I have to be honest, we're going to need more out of you. <laughs> well, let me start by asking, what's the, uh, so what's the strategy? Because last week we got all excited. Hey, there's a new Jimmy Eat World song. It was all over the internet called Get Right. And we thought, oh, that's cool. And they're making that available as a free download. But then this week there's another song. So is that what we're doing? Is, it, just, uh, is it a song a week from Jimmy Eat World from now till the album comes out or what? <laughs> no. Okay. Come on, Jim. Good. Good. All the media training's paying off, right? Nailing it. Yeah. Just going with it, you know, mysterious. Um, Yeah. No. I mean, we've we've been working on this record for almost a, I guess, almost a year, really. I mean, and uh, you know, really proud of it. At some point in that year, do you start thinking, okay, we let's wrap this up and go play it for people? Do you get? Yeah, I'm thinking that right now. Right now. Okay. Yeah. No, it's super cool. Like, uh, I think uh, towards the end of making a record, there's always this period where you feel like you know this really awesome secret that no one else knows. And right. Right now, I'm kind of enjoying that, and we're just really excited to get out there. You you guys do the three years. Uh, it's about right for you, right? Three years between albums. But I feel like between 2013 and 2016... Maybe I'm wrong, Jim. You're on the inside of this. You tell me if I'm wrong. That the music business has changed so much that there are a lot of people who are like, why are we even making albums anymore? Have you been involved in any kind of conversations like that where it's just, hey, let's just put out some singles. People are running in a stream of them anyway, and no one's going to buy them. So what's the point of spending so much money to make so many songs? Yeah. You know, it is kind of the Wild West out there. I think if you're an artist, or you know, you, there's really no rules anymore. Like you can do – I think it just depends on what you want. Mm-hmm. Like do you want to present – like a body of work. I mean, it is, you're right. It is sort of a lot to ask people like, Hey man, 
check out my band. Here's 45 minutes of your time. <laughs> you know, More of Jim. It's, it's, yeah. It's a lot, it's a talking about this. I've never thought of it. Yeah. Though. So I think this is a good thing because that kind of explains a little bit why they make that. It, they made that choice is that I think they felt like Get Right was a good lead single. And, and then they came out and they they were like, well, you know what? Sure and Certain has a different sound. This was also on the table and maybe it was like a really close contender to go out in front. But they just figured, why not? Why not? We've leaked. Mm-hmm. We've leaked stuff on Napster. We've tried these different things. We, we, you know, and this is way later. But they've done the five, five, five video. All these these unique things as a band that they've tried, and maybe this was another reason just to do it, just to throw it out, and it got another conversation um, and another question. So yeah, he talks about that. Um, this is kind of a deep thing here. This is another section toward the middle. This is a couple minutes here. This is Jim kind of talking, I think, about the album as a whole. Being alone is what you need to then recharge you to get back out there with the band. Too. Yeah, you know, it's just about, it's a different kind of experience. Mm-hmm. And definitely coming back into that, uh, it informed a lot of like what we decided, uh, you know, what our mindset would be going in to make the Integrity Blues album is, uh, you know, is this really the best we can do or is this just kind of what we're familiar with? Like you have your strengths, I think for, for, especially for a group like us who have been around like 21 years that you, you rely, you come to rely on and there might be musical problems that you run into that, uh, you just, there's like a shorthand, you just execute it. It's like, well, we want this song to feel a certain way in this moment. And then you just do it because like, you know how to do it. But, if do you, you ever do a you, song that's the opposite where you go, okay, we just did that song, but it's not what we want for this particular Well, no, it's it's, it's 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 more of like a short, it's more of like a just a subconscious thing. You don't even realize you're doing it. I think like you, you might do that in other, it, everyone does that to a degree when they become familiar with a process and build some chops with like like a certain uh, function they have in their, in their, in their routine. But you, if, you, if you are able to short circuit that and, and say, okay, well, what, is this really the best I can do, or is this just, you know, the familiar, comfortable way to, to solve this particular issue problem? Uh, you know, that's gotta be scary though. It is. But I think like, you know, your comfort zone is really just a zone of fear. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to break out of that because you're scared, but really, I mean, like then, then you don't grow. So you are doing mostly polka on this album. The new record is... Uh, a mix of polka. Uh-huh. I heard a guy on the and, radio say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Eastern Dubstep? Eastern European animal noises. Oh, like finally! Noise. Finally, <laughs> somebody's like brave enough to put those two together. <laughs> They're waiting. So for brave, so Are brave. We? So uh, <laughs> um, a couple yuck, more yuck, little yuck. little bits here. This is when Jim gets really deep. I think they've gone now. They've gone to play it, and they come back. And so Jim is just kind of commenting, I think, a little bit more about the track, less about the album itself. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of about the uh, the struggle I think sometimes people run into with uh, um, accepting, accepting uh, you know, reality as it is rather than becoming disappointed with, uh, you know, your expectations not being met. Somebody's been having a lot of deep thoughts. Yeah. So Somebody's lower in, your expectations. Someone's been I in therapy. I think he's no, saying no, it's not, no expectations. <laughs> it's not. It's not necessarily. I mean, you got to have goals in your right, life, you know. I mean. But I mean, but like you can't take you can't take the 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 that gap between your expectations and reality personally. And I think it's a it's a really easy trap to fall into. Interesting. That's very deep, Jim. Wow. <laughs> 
Bean didn't mean to it's sound not, that incredulous over that. Probably, probably, probably not wow. good, good AM radio, but, you know. The fact that you said something thoughtful surprised me. Man. Oh. <laughs> Backhanded comment. Oh, that's, uh, oh Bean. That's always good. sticking uh-huh. his foot that in his mouth. Like good life. Now, the last little thing, uh, I think speaking of Bean, I believe this is Bean. Um, this is, I think this is how they kind of play off, play out the bit, but this, <laughs> this is funny. Song. That's oh, thanks. All I, was saying. I thought it was really good. All right. One other thing, and you guys are going to make fun of me for saying this too, but I have to ask. Great. This is true or false that you were born on November 10th, 1975. <laughs> true. My favorite day in recorded history. The day oh, my God. Born. Oh, God. Is I that know the why. record that Edmund Fitzgerald? Oh. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ladies fucking and gentlemen, Jim Atkins. So good. I didn't know until yesterday. Do a little deep dive research. A little deep dive. You were born. On the day, get out oh, the Jim. wreck of the Gibbon Fitzgerald. No, save yourself. That's <laughs> the legend lives on. <laughs> That's magic. Wait, yeah. Was it good old Gordon Lightfoot? Was it the day they all died, or was it the day the song came out? It was the day the ship sunk. <laughs> How is that your favorite? I love the bean is so like matter of fact. Like, yeah, why would you ask me How such a stupid question? How is all those people dying your favorite day of all time? I feel terrible for those. No, you the- don't. <laughs> <laughs> this is a through line that Bean has been on forever. Yeah. I mean, as long as I ever listened to Kevin and Bean show, this fucking thing has come on. And even on Ali and Bean now, yeah. when uh, one of them needs to go to the restroom, they just play that song. <laughs> they don't even cut. The wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. The wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> so there you have that. That's hilarious. I uh, didn't remember that part of the interview. That's, that's hilarious and very on brand. Yeah. So a lot. Yeah, a lot. A lot of uh, the similar talking points. But I think he did speak more on sure and certain. Kind of yeah. heard some of the same things he says about um, just the songwriting process and, and pushing stuff out. But hopefully, this was a little bit different from what you know, the, the sound bites that he normally says, just because it was, you know, like they said in the beginning, like, well, are we going to get a song a week from you? Like this is mm-hmm. different. It's different. Yeah. And his answer was no, <laughs> no. And that was it. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, I do have something from song facts rather than immediately starting work on a new album. Once uh, Jimmy Eat world had finished their tour cycle for damages. The band decided to take a year off. Damages. This <laughs> song was inspired. Did you read this? No, it just uh, said, I love that he said, they said damages. And not oh, yeah. Damage. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I didn't even catch it. Uh, this song was inspired by that sentiment of refusing to be tied by work-related goals, but instead taking the opportunity to try out new things. Frontman Jim Atkins explained to Rolling Stone, sure and certain sums up the idea that if you're cruising with blinders on and are just goal-driven, it's limiting because you're missing out on what's immediately around you. If you're unwilling to open up and say yes to things that might seem scary, then you're just missing out on so much. So a little excerpt there. Nice. I just sent you an article um, um, from our friend over at Stitches oh, yeah. and Grooves. This was posted October 24th, 2016. And I figured maybe we could uh, go back and forth yeah. on this uh, article here specifically about the Sure and Certain 7-inch. Uh, in advance of Jimmy Eat World's eighth studio album, Integrity Blues, a 7-inch single was released, or at least it was anticipated to be released. The 7-inch, entitled Sure and Certain, was announced back in late August 2016 on the band's official website, which also listed a pre-order link through Amazon with a release date of October 14th, one week before the album's release. I'm quite I'm sure quite a few people pre-ordered the 7-inch through Amazon as it was the only place to to buy slash pre-order it. But as time went on, the 7-inch was pulled from Amazon with no explanation. Mm. As time wore on, people forgot about the 7-inch until Amazon pulled it and started canceling orders on the 7-inch's release date of October 14th. 
That move sent people scrambling on how to get the 7-inch. Lots of incorrect info was being spread from various sources, including the band themselves, their merch guys on tour, indie record stores, message boards, etc. Most of the incorrect info came from people who were misinformed, while others purposefully lied uh, to drive up business. Here is all the incorrect info out there. It was reported that the only way to get the 7-inch was at a show on the band's Integrity Blues Tour if you pre-ordered the album, CD, or vinyl from an indie record store, but no mention of how to prove you pre-ordered it was made. Same people also said they bought a copy of the 7-inch at the show. Uh, I I contacted some indie record stores and was told it was a tour-exclusive 7-inch. An indie record store owner, not one of the stores I contacted, said during an in-store the band played there that the 7-inch was exclusive to them. No, not an indie store exclusive promo like most of these free bonus items are, exclusive to his specific store. All that was despite the fact that people at the Northeast in-stores the band played leading up to the album's release were either given the 7-inch at the in-store or would get it when they went back to pick up the copy of the album they had to buy in order to gain entry into the in-store. And that I got this 7-inch on the album's release day, October 21st, for free from my local indie store with a purchase of Integrity Blues, which also coincidentally held one of the pre-release in-stores earlier in October. So, supplies of the 7-inch seem to be not even close to exhausted, as my local store got more copies of it well after the in-store they held, with about 100 people uh, capacity. So the only definitive way to get the 7-inch that I'm aware of is slash was from an indie record store after buying the album Integrity Blues. The 7-inch features Sure and Certain on the A side and has an exclusive B side from Integrity Blues on the B side, My Enemy. The 7-inch comes from in a regular 7-inch jacket, but it's made out of very thin cardstock. No download card slash code is included with the 7-inch. So the only way to get an MP3 of the exclusive B side is to have a USB turntable or wait for somebody to rip it and post it online which already happened, but the guy deleted the file after a few days and not many people took notice, but I did. It's clear why My Enemy was left off of the album, as it doesn't really fit the vibe of Integrity Blues, but it's still a good song regardless. It's more reminiscent of older Jimmy World albums. I'm pretty sure we read this article on the oh, My yeah, Enemy episode, but um, uh, I thought it would be a good revisit for this particular episode yes. since it was written about this. Um, I found this on air with Shelby. Did you see this? Yeah, I did. This would be a radio show that Zach Lind did an interview for. Um, Oh, let me... 94.3 The X. That's right. Let me invite you over here to uh, this um, Watch Together link, and we can watch this together. Ah. Technology. All right. They said it couldn't be done. I'm in, BB. The first time that we heard it, it has such a nostalgia feel, and that's kind of the reaction across the board. I've heard that too, and it wasn't really something we were thinking about when we were making it, but it's understandable. I think that there's some elements of it that might feel that way, you know? I mean, for us, it's just like, this is a new song, so let's make it as good as we can make it, and then, you know, the end result is sort of how it turned out, but um, I I could see that, yeah. It's so cool that you have all these people pulling like, oh my gosh, this reminds me of like when I fell for Jimmy Eat World, the demo stuff, the Bleed American, the Futures, which is, uh, it's cool. We like it. That was yeah. kind of the first reaction we had too, but it's still something new, something fresh. A bunch of kids are going to hear it on the radio and going to be their first Jimmy Eat World song. And Yeah, no, I mean, that's that, that's cool. You know, in the end, you know, regardless of how people approach it or what they like or don't like, you know, it's the fact that people are enjoying it and digging it, that's always something that we appreciate and are grateful for. 
Zach uh, near a loading construction dock of some sort. zone. Yeah. <laughs> and also, can we talk about the image that they used for this? Uh, yeah, this radio station cool. used Jim's not even you looking like? at the camera. And look at Switchblade <laughs> in the back. He's giving yeah. you that eye. Oh my god! Staring into your soul. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he have a? He had a post on Instagram about bringing a bunch of guns into Canada. Or something. Yeah, he's like, how did we? T- <laughs> who did he? Who did he tweet it at? Um, uh, Justin Bieber. I feel just, like. Yeah, Justin Bieber. How would you get this across the state lines? Wow. Let's take a look. This isn't quite a live video as much as it's Zach's drum cam, uh, which I love to see. And I might even specifically, we can watch a little bit of the beginning, but I want to see that bridge. Oh, my gosh. Please. (laughs) Mm. Man, those toms are rotated. I feel like it's... Drum risers moving all over. Oh, dude. Clever ways I try to change happen in the past, even be the same. Of course, it must be something else. The audio is impeccable. What? I'm very confused about this. They just that's pretty took cool. the board recording, right? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Oh, so much flanger. I'm going to jump over the bridge. All right. Do your work. You're Robin back there. Like, I can't find the one if I were just to listen to him playing, but it's great. It all works. It's so good. So good. Oh. I, almost want, I want to let Zach finish here. Yeah. Oh, man. Earning this paycheck. Whoa. <laughs> that transition that out is, is so ridiculous. <laughs> The rectangle into darkness. <laughs> anyway, very, 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 very cool. Oh, yeah. Um, all right. Now I've got a bunch of uh, reviews slash articles that we can go through. Yeah. Sweet. And you're really good at finding that stuff. I'll let you lead. All right. And I'll cross um, this one that I find. Uh, is from The Daily Dot. And this comes from <laughs> Ramon Ramirez, August 30th, 2016. Listen to Jimmy World's new song, Sure and Certain. The boys are back in town. Uh 
Jimmy World is certainly on the first ballot if we're talking about Emo Hall of Fame, but new song Sure and Certain sputters out after its cathartic opening drums. The band premiered the track on Tuesday as it announced an upcoming album, Integrity Blues. The Mesa, Arizona Outfit's ninth record hits the web October 21st. Seriously, though, those opening 20 seconds are some clarity-era goodness, full of bar-soaked guitars. But then singer Jim Atkins rhymes old with cold on the chorus, and you remember that a key tenet to good emo is dense romanticism and searching lyrics. This is conjured nostalgia for anyone. The video features vintage reels and home movies of long-lost family vacations, but it's only good for Mazda commercials about driving up and down the coast. The good news is that Get Right, released nine days ago, is louder and more masculine. Think, get it faster, churning those chunky riffs that all sound like, hey man, nice shot. It's warmly coated work that will satisfy longtime fans. Man, is rock and roll dead or what? I'm going to go with or what, Ramon Ramirez. <laughs> Because it ain't dead, the dick. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> Every, you know what? I take that back. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Everyone. Um, <laughs> I, I came across one from Stereo Gum. This uh-huh. is Tom Bryan. Brehan. Uh, August 30th, 2016. Resurgent. Tom Big- Brian. <laughs> He's a man. Uh, resurgent big emo veterans Jimmy Eat World are coming back this fall with a new album called Integrity Blues. And its first single, the dreary rocker Get Right, is not exactly the most inspiring thing that this band has ever done. So I'm happy to report that sure and certain, the new song that they've just shared goes a long way toward riding the ship. The new song evokes the jangly guitar fuzz and big hearty melodies of the band's heyday. And it will not make you wonder why the fuck they're trying to get mainstream rock radio play. <laughs> Much better. Nice. Yeah. You got one? Anything? I got a couple more. Uh, yeah, I got louder. Well, I wrote louder sound blurb. Now, where I got this was from Jimmy Eat Wiki. Um, but it says, in an interview with louder sound, interviewer Thea de Gallier mentioned Sure and Certain was a comeback track. Zach Lind responded that the track wasn't planned as a comeback, but more of a good way to reintroduce themselves and the album alongside Get Right. We didn't really plan on it out, uh, plan it out that way, but... It was, but I think it was a good song to start off with, coupled with Sure and Certain, and those songs seemed to do a pretty good job of getting people ready for what was to come on the record. One of the main reasons why Get Right was one of the ones we released early was because the UK label really liked it and wanted a rock song to start things off over here. So, there it is. There's a a little bit of info there about that from our friend Jed over at Jimmy Wiki Mm -hmm. uh, with the Louder Sound article. Um, I also have Jim Adkins to Rolling Stone. I think I pulled this from Song Facts. Uh-huh. Um, it says, rather than immediately starting to work on a new album once Jimmy World had finished the touring cycle for Damage. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is the same thing yeah. you read because it says yeah. Damages. All right. Yeah. Fuck it. Um, and is this the same quote to Rolling Stone? Sure and certain sums up the idea that if you're cruising with blinders on uh-huh. and are just gold. Yep. 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 That's the one. There it is. Okay. Weird. Uh, Wait, I, where did you, so he told that to Rolling Stone. Where did you pull that clip from? No, I same same uh, same spot. Oh shit! Song facts. Oh, my bad. Straight from song facts. <laughs> <laughs> I just did it earlier. Uh, well, it's funny because I guess I guess maybe I thought I pulled it from song meanings or something because you had said song facts and I was like, okay, well, it I did. have a different thing. <laughs> yeah, I know those. I I can get those mixed up easily. Yeah. Anyway, my bad. <laughs> no problem. Uh, I did so this the website coup de main. Interview with Jimmy Eat World's Tom Linton on their new album, Integrity Blues. This is from uh, October 10th, 2016 by Kelly Gator. Uh, and they asked the question, Kudamain asks, 
The new single is Sure and Certain. How did that song come about? Why did you choose to release it as a single? And then Tom says, it's one of the older ideas that we had. Before we started recording, we had a big batch of songs that we went through and found which songs would be the best, the most fun, and the most interesting to us. And Sure and Certain was in that category. It wasn't really complete until we got into the studio and we started working on it with producer Justin Meldel Johnson. And when it was completed, we were just happy with how it turned out. I think it's just we chose that single because it's a good representation of the record, showing that it's a little more upbeat than the last record, which I think goes um, goes on to support my thought that Get Right's a good rocker. And then this track was a good it was a more to me, a more Jimmy World radio play side um, more than Get Right. I think Get Right's more K-Rock, mm-hmm. but you could get sure and certain on a few other stations like alt rock stations true yeah uh maybe that's what it was i have a long blurb from up rocks when they listed the third top 30 what did it say jimmy eat world best songs ranked and they have this in their top 30 i guess i'll give you a night a number here um uh this number is the uh if okay if 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 you're in the 20th century what is the prefix of this year's? Uh, 19. Of the, yeah, there you go. Um, sure and certain. Uh, 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 Jimmy World is my favorite band, and I also kind of dreaded hitting play on my promo copy of Integrity Blues. Your mm-hmm. therapist would probably call that a dialect. Uh, di- dialectic. Uh, their previous three albums had inspired moments, but mostly sounded like Jimmy World trying too hard to be themselves. Or maybe I was just hitting an age where Jimmy World's music is supposed to hit different or not hit at all. And while I've come to appreciate it as Integrity Blues's thesis statement, Get Right was a terribly unexpi- uninspiring lead single, plotting and lacking any real strong hook. It provided no indication of JMJ's involvement or why Jimmy World wanted to work with the guy in the first place. But the actual production of Integrity Blues, the first guitar strum sound like a triple-tracked harp. There's no way any actual human beings could have been involved in the recording of those choral harmonies. Rick Birch's bass is alchemized into an electrical current. Those drums are treated with the same man-slash-machine textures that defined uh, that defied Lucky Denverment and Cautioners. Judging from just the first minute of You With Me, Jimmy Eat World heard JMJ's work with M83 and said, yeah, give us all of that. <laughs> For an album <laughs> intended as a bold reinvention of Jimmy Eat World's sound, You With Me shows a remarkable amount of patience and stamina throughout its five minutes, surging through its subtly witty chorus and allowing themselves as much time as they need to luxuriate in the production. Jimmy Eat World sounded fantastic on You With Me, and on the next song, they were truly back. You just knew when the sweeping chorus of Sure and Certain hit for the first time. I remember someone saying that it sounded like it belonged on a bank commercial, and I just take that to mean that it's the first Jimmy World single that in ages sounded like it could be everywhere. It's steady tom drum beat and glistening synths sounding in dialogue with avowed fans like Paramore and Churches without sounding like they were trying to hop on the bandwagon. I distinctly remember emailing lapsed jimmy eat world fans about 10 minutes into my first listen of integrity blues this is real good not the actual good that comes from a sigh of relief when your favorite band doesn't embarrass themselves but the kind where you can say they've now made essential albums in three consecutive decades what a great blurb yeah from uprox who is that that wrote this uprox article we reference every now and again ian cohen that was february 16th 2021 that ian wrote this 
Um, and I know that Ian and Zach are friendly on Twitter. Uh, so that was a good, that was a good read there. Uh, we also have the Consequence of Sound article where they talk about the Jewishness of a record. They uh-huh. say, uh, it's not exactly an emo record, but it's a very Jewish record. When Atkins does get deep in those feels, he does so tactfully, um, so much so that you could read the songs as either optimistically accepting or pessimistically resigned. You are free. The end is beautiful. Even sure and certain. All right. And then, you know. There was one more thing I I, uh, I should have this just to make sure it's part of a Jimmy E pod canon here. Uh, oh, the coup de main did have a follow up question to that after Tom mentioned that you know it's a little more upbeat talking about the record. So they went on to ask. So you came into the studio with some songs ready to go. Was there quite a few that you had already written, or was it more of a collective project once you got into the studio? And Tom says there were about four songs that were complete, I would say. And the rest, what we did was we went in with the producer and showed him about 30 or so ideas that were really small. Like there would be just a verse of one song or a chorus of another song or a verse and a chorus, just little pieces of songs, and then went from there. So just to give you a bit better idea that there were a whole bunch that they had fiddled with, but yeah. really only four complete ones when they got in with JMJ. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. There is one last thing that I have here. This was uh, this was from Lightning One Hundred. This is Keith Coe's. I'm gonna try and read this, and I, I I read this little blurb. It's a very short thing. As a radio personality, wrote it, and as it as they were expecting to say it later on on the show. So I'm gonna try and read this in my finest uh, Lightning One Hundred, Nashville, Tennessee, One Hundred Point One <laughs> FM voice. You ready? All right. This is me being Keith yeah. Coe's. Keith here on a rockin' Wednesday. Here's my L100 DJ picks for the week. It's the new song from Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy World united in Mesa, Arizona in 1993. The band is composed of lead vocalist and guitarist Jim Adkins, guitarist and backing vocalist Tom Linton, bassist Rick Birch, and drummer Zach Lind. As of June 2013, Jimmy World have released eight studio albums, the last seven featuring the current lineup. New album Integrity Blues out 1021 pre-order now on iTunes or Amazon to get right and sure and certain instantly. Nice. Well done. <laughs> Only messed up once. That's okay. <laughs> Fix it in post. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> There we have it. That's what I got for uh, articles and stuff. All right. I got two more things. Well, uh, I got one article, one review. Um, Drowned in Sound uh, had uh, this little blurb that mentioned Sure and Certain. Their new album, Integrity Blues, is arguably Jimmy World at their most balanced. The feel-good anthemics of uh, single... the feel-good anthemics of single Sure and Certain smacks of classic Jimmy Eat World, while record highlight Past the Baby is an expansive exploration of both kraut and post-rock before blossoming into an almighty riff-devouring beast. And then there's Van Dyke Parks Orchestra. Oh, we, I remember we read this because we had to figure out who Van Dyke Parks was. <laughs> yeah. Then there's the Van Dyke Parks Orchestral Grace on the title track and everything in between integrity blues very much seems to take the best elements of Jimmy world to the nth degree. So that was from drown and sound article. And then at two forty one, we have our friend ARTV. Let me jump yeah. to two forty one on this video where he mentions integrity or uh, not integrity. Blues, but, uh, uh, sure. Sure. 
force to be reckoned with. And then we got Sure and is more of a traditional Jimmy Eat World song. I do enjoy this one, but whenever the album really gets going for me, it's whenever we start taking a deeper dive into new explorations, new territory. And we see that, first of all, with It Matters. That's one that I really enjoyed from a... It just kind of blew right through it, but... <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, that song was great and all, but... Yeah, uh, uh... <laughs> let, me, let me search the transcript real quick just to make sure that there's nowhere else he mentions it. Sick. ARTV, man. 164,000 subscribers. Good for him. Right? All right, let's jump to six minutes here. And uh, I think he's going to mention it. I mentioned already, Get Right has great bass and guitar grooves on it. Sure and Certain even has a nice little guitar pattern that I didn't really see coming from them, especially on a lead single. You With Me has become a bit tired. <laughs> there it is. I feel like my voice is a little ARTV today. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I never like really yeah. uh, 100% recovered yet from uh, <laughs> couple weeks Still, ago yeah man that was brutal yeah okay so that's all i have for reviews and articles um i have oh let's talk about the uh lyric video on the flint flossy video oh yeah yeah okay um so we've the lyric video let's uh go ahead and pull that up and maybe we'll watch a little bit of this this is the uh era that they were using all the old stock footage whole, let's see if the we can movies, source right? where this uh footage is from here all right we've got some old Flower footage. All right, uh, Grand Canyon, yeah, Texas, uh, Texas, uh, Arizona landscapes here. Again, yeah. yeah, that 1940s through 50s aesthetic. This looks like family road trip footage. This is kind of all over the place. This looks like the Hoover Dam, maybe. Yep, there's the Hoover Dam. So we're going from Arizona to California. Yep. When are we gonna get some damn fishing in? <laughs> yep, there's that Grand Canyon. Beautiful, majestic. Sand dunes, oceans. Well, Ooh, bison. it's kind of all over the place uh, yeah. in terms of content here. So now let's look at the Flint Floss video. Oh, oh, real quick, let's go to Pass Through Frequencies. Um, Flint Flossy was actually on Pass Through Frequencies. So let's go ahead and listen to Jim talk about working with him for this video at 145 here. Um, did you come across this or remember no, uh, um, this thing? I don't even remember him being on. Great. I'm yeah. excited to see this. Flint Flossy. So I'm going to jump here. Okay. <laughs> of any kind <laughs> i couldn't i had nothing to define it against and if you can do that then i i respect you so as time went on we needed someone to help direct a video for us for our song sure and certain from our integrity blues record and i thought flint flossy let's see what he can do what flint flossy and 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 his projects do and what i do are are different for sure but there's there is a shared foundation of why we're both doing it that I think we can, we really relate to each other on that level. My conversation with Flint Flossie happened July 10th of 2020. All right. So let's jump to the Flint Flossie video here. Lots of comps. This is this video in a way, not in the, obviously the content, but reminds me of the layering that went into the uh, beautiful day video. Yeah. Change, 
was trying to think of the the effect that is. It's like a, a rubber stamp effect. Posterization. Right? Yeah. Two color. Yeah. Yeah. Duo tone. Rick is Rick is a lime green. Jim is that yeah. purple, which we'll see later. <laughs> Tom Green. I get it. Zach playing that cute drum kit. I love the hand-drawn uh, effects. This is very... Uh, and now we're in the live action with a little bit of crossover of some animated elements on top of it with this ballerina in her uh, yeah. room here. And uh, <laughs> you got this. <laughs> Super cool. I love the pop art. Yeah. On the wall. Very aha, this video. Oh, yeah. Yep. Take on me. Like, I'm waiting for her to get into the picture with Jim. I do notice that, like, I think between this and the sweetness video, which also has a bunch of layers in it, if I ever search for Jimmy World Gifts, this is up there, like, with the ones yeah. that always are coming up. There we go. Take on me. <laughs> there she goes, into the painting. Into this world. Super cool. I mean, this is the perfect visual for this section. There's Flint. Oh man, she fell. Luckily on the grass, David. Yeah. Ah, she's happy, man. Ah, and oh, now she's, she's feeling colorized. the color. She's got jaundice. <laughs> Now, there's lots of vocals happening here. I'm assuming CMA and Robin are buried in the mix a little bit, but just providing texture, right? Yeah. Like, CMA is not as present here as she was on... Uh, um, Anything on Invented? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the Flint Flossy video, and uh, very cool. Uh, I, I didn't see anything get mentioned in the transcript of the actual interview. Um, so I didn't pull anything from his actual interview because I think they just talked about other things in the creative process like he is wont to do. Mm -hmm. um, so Discogs blurb. Now I'm into community unless you had any other... No, go ahead. No, I'll, I'll have a nice little segue. Um. <laughs> so this has to do... This harkens back to the uh, uh, Stitches and Grooves blog. This was October 11th, 2016. This is some sort of bullshit pre-order slash in-store collection incentive deal, right? <laughs> How about their fans in literally anywhere else other than the U.S.? We should be able to buy this ourselves, says Caro, C-A-R-R-O-W. <laughs> 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 I 
not happy about the uh, the thing. Um, I've got some shout box. Okay. Only three entries here. Um, 215 onwards took me by surprise. That's the bridge. Terrific. I'm getting a Tears for Fears vibe on this one. I dig it. I wonder which Tears for Fears song do you think this is? Uh, what's their big one? Tears for Fears. Um, Tears for Fears. Head Over Heels. Mad World, which we talked about recently. Shout. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's Shout. Shout. Shout's one of my favorite. Uh, shout for those uh, uh, the uninitiated. Let's listen to a little bit of Shout here. I'll put it in and watch together. Uh, join the room. Of course, it's an 80s video with like, did, the longest intro ever. Did you say, did you watch Psych? No. Oh, they had a through line with Cheers for Fears. <laughs> nice. It's beautiful. That shout. Oh man, I see the like the look here. It makes me want to go play Nintendo at yeah, man. I I love the eighties. What a fucking like. Uh, like, What am I? A confident decade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Right. Yeah. Anyway, Um, all the way says I am moved by this track. I found this band at the right time of my life. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That they found them. Mm-hmm. February 26, 2017. Uh, and that's all I have for Shipbox. What do you got? Okay. I got one so more. So there's a couple of posts that I came across on Reddit, um, and that'll take us into our little uh, splitter bit. So this is three years ago by no name SL underscore. How did they do the thing on sure and certain? I don't know why they accented and. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I mean. On the word and, there we go. Uh, of sure and certain on the last syllable of wonder, and they got a link over to that that specific spot. I think it's 41 seconds in. We'll I'll go there. There's this effect that just makes the whole song so much better for me. I can't put my finger on it. I think it's just some backing vocals an octave higher, but it sounds like more than that. Something mm. about just ups the whole. Something about it just ups the whole song for me. Is there something special going on there? Like J magic right here. And any specific effect, or maybe those backing vocals stacked on top of each other, or maybe the voicing is good. Uh, and then No Laughlin comes back with. First, I just want to say the mix on this song is incredible, and an important part of what makes this record so amazing. Uh, record, as in the recording of the song itself, there is quite a lot going on in the mix, and a lot of care was put into giving it such a big sound the way the chorus explodes out of the verses is mixed very well to your question as mentioned already the higher octave backup vocal is carrying and filling out the whole chorus melody the way those syllables you mentioned come through in the mix are very pronounced rhythmically and literally literally the way he recorded the backup vocal he sang those syllables just a bit louder pair that with the snare hitting the right right on the mark with those syllables and the actual high harmony sitting between the main melody and the one octave higher main melody, it all just blends together so well, which is that I think that's not just JMJ. I think that's also the, the, um, the, the mind of Mr. Jim Adkins, his uh, diabolical mind that he just thinks that way. Uh, as a songwriter myself, I have long recognized the perfect harmony of not only vocal harmonies, but also the notes of the instruments as well. There are times when you'll hear a song and a note or two in the melody sounds otherworldly, and a lot of that has to do with the chords being played with it. You could sing the same three notes over and over 
uh, in a chorus while changing the chords and it makes the melody sound so different on each chord change even though the notes of the melody are the same. It's a great detail you noticed and it's the things I always focus on in music as well. So Noel Laughlin really laid it out there. And then, this is what's crazy, sure and certain effect help from Flawless Spaniard. I'm typically a moderate lurker and don't have a lot of experience using Reddit, but I need some specific support from Jew fans. I hear some type of effect several times during the chorus of sure and certain. It occurs four times during the chorus and begins on the syllables in all caps below. Sure and certain, wander till we're old, lost and lurking, wonder till we're cold. Each occurrence sounds like a synthetic, perhaps electronic noise that is challenging to describe via text and difficult to find comparisons to link. Yeah, it's like a high-pitched, almost whistle-like noise that has two two notes each occurrence. It's very insignificant, though I do think it adds to the song's appeal. The only real personal significance is that one of my friends, close friends, can hear it, and it's clear to me. This, paired with several other relevant incidents in my life, are making me question whether it's actually there, and my mates think I'm crazy. Please weigh, weigh in and let me know if you can hear it. And then uh, Suburban Prospector just links back to the post from 10 days before, or maybe mm-hmm. a few weeks before. All this is to uh, lead me up to this Moises thing that I've broken this Sweet. thing down. Thank you. Yes. So here I was going to pull up the song again and listen. I was like, I want to hear what they're hearing okay. with that context. Now, this is this is splittered, so there's some art, audio artifacting, some audio phasing in here, but you can kind of hear what they're getting at. So I'll, I'll play it from 41 seconds, and I'm going to play it in the second instance of the chorus, too, because I think that's a little different. It usually gets a little sure like, You can hear it like, scooping up. Yeah. You see, hear CMA really good there. Yeah, here I'll, I'll play. I'll, I'll I'll play a little bit of um, some Christian James hand here. Let's listen to the bass. What you do works for oh, every yeah. time. <laughs> you drop without a warning sign. Zach in the engine room here. <laughs> you keep going on like this. I'll be one more thing for you to miss. Sure and certain, wonder till we're Lost and lurking, wonder till. Yeah, it's a, definitely an effect, though. Yeah. Your last time here. Sick. Let's listen to this isolated. This is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Let Rick play.
Yeah. <laughs> All right, gave, I gave him this little last bit there. That's good though. You can you can really hear it. So there's some definitely some CM CMA in there, but then also there's that scoop that mm-hmm. lost in lurking one day. So yeah, good good ear on both of those individuals there. Yeah, yeah. And what was the reason they needed to know? Like, <laughs> I think it was just very. They were just, they were just so. I think they were pumped. Well, and this was also December twentieth, twenty eighteen. And January 6th, 2019. So it wasn't like when the album came out or, you know, it wasn't, it was a couple of months yeah. after. I, I don't know. I just, maybe they were listening to Sure and Certain and very closely, intently and heard it. Yeah. They were just intrigued. If you went wondering the same thing, but actually found those articles when Googling it, 484J Puddles. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have something Sure and Certain versus Guess Get Right. So both Please, those, yeah. the, both of those, um, Initial single releases from Metal Uke 5 or Metal Luke 5. Um, I always find it weird that Sure and Certain keeps getting so much more play time over Get Right. Get Right was the better single, in my opinion. I don't hate Sure and Certain, by the way, but I just think in comparison with Get Right, it's just the weaker song. Uh, does anyone have similar opinions to this? Uh, I would honestly want more Integrity Blues representation in the set list, but if it was going to be one of the singles, I'd take Get Right. Uh, and then... Where the Falls Begin says, the bridge in Sure and Certain is really the only yeah. moment that I enjoy all that much. It's just a, a, a shame. I like that whole song, but it is good. You have to admit, it's so yeah. good. And watching that drum cam footage of him do it live with a... Right? Yeah, man. And he's got a cymbal grab in there. Oh, man. Play a little bit of Get Right Here. Hear that? Just like... Hear that? This will be my, like, at Sephora when you sniff the coffee Oh yeah. to reset your palate. Yeah. Hear that snap? That clap? Yeah, I don't know. I remember, like, loving Rick's bass tone on this. Yeah, it is prominent. I think Sure and Certain is the more radio song, like the more accessible song. Yeah, that's that's a good way of putting it, more accessible. I think that's a better word. All right, I'm going to give you a prompt okay. that I assume will get you to this number. All right. Justin, give me a number between 1 and 10. 7. That's it. Yes. That's the one that people <laughs> usually pick. Um, sure and Certain Integrity Blues 2016. This song released uh, from Integrity Blues. The first song released from Integrity Blues was Get Right. It didn't make this list because, well, it isn't very good. It's sort of a pale version of Pain, which personally is not what I want from Jimmy World at all. I recall cringing hearing Get Right for the first time. Um, Was Integrity Blues just going to confirm my worst fears about forgettable parts of damage and signal a late career decline? About a week later, they released Sure and Certain. I don't know if that decision had anything to do with the initial reaction to Get Right, but needless to say, I changed my tune for what the band had in store because it became my favorite song of 2016 and will always remind me of a great time in my life that fall. That big, brassy opening guitar riff always makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. 
but that's the first of so many great guitar parts throughout Sure and Certain, backed up by another fantastic Zach drumming performance. Lyrically, Sure and Certain touches on growing up, getting older, and taking a look at who you are. The clever ways I try to change happen and pass, leaving me the same. What you do works for a time until you pass without a warning sign. All along, the music keeps driving, keeps building, keeps moving. I think some fans loved Sure and Certain because it reminded them of what the band once, uh, what the band was once upon a time. To me, I loved it because it showed me who Jimmy Eat World still was, who they could still be, and who they hopefully will always be. Without a doubt, the guys completely nailed Sharon Certain, and 23 years into their career, they released one of the greatest songs and one of my very favorite songs released by anyone this decade. Not exactly an easy trick to pull off. Says Jake T. O'Donnell. JTO number seven. <laughs> um, uh, and that's all I have for community. Okay. I think we should use this maybe as the thumbnail for this episode here. This is uh, submitted five months ago from Demandra. Uh, painted one of the posters from the Sure and Certain music video. Mm. And th- I think this showed up in the Discord under uh, one of the art one of the art um, channels in there. But it's I, I dig it. It's the purple gym, um, the painting. That's and, right. Uh, uh, it took about six hours with acrylic and a lot of back pain. It's not perfect, but I really like how it turned out. Uh, we'll definitely try to paint more scenes from this music video, especially shots with the whole band and the final scene. I hope they ended up doing that because that came out great. I love artwork, man. Anyone creating yeah. something. This didn't exist before. <laughs> right. This is amazing. Uh, and my last thing here, uh, one month ago, Exile on Dayton Street. <sighs> Random Integrity Blues Poll. You are free versus sure and certain. David, there are. 241 votes. Wow. Where do you think they sit? I would say these are very comparable songs. In the sense that, like, the when the chorus opens up, it feels very, like, warm. Like a warm sure. blanket. Very coral. You are free versus Sh- Sure and Certain. Yeah. You are free. You are free was not a single, though. Right. Sure and Certain was. So I'm going to say Sure and Certain won. And how many votes were there? There were 241 Whoa, that's a lot of votes. Yeah. I'm going to say that it's 141 to 100. (laughs) Uh, Sure and certain is 144, and your free is 97. Damn, man. We were on point with the numbers. That was just because I didn't want to do math. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I probably would have. I should have rounded up or down. But you did fine. Dang. Awesome. Woo. All right. Well, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) that's cool and who put that one together oh shoot that was done exile on dayton street exile on dayton yeah yeah yeah. uh okay so we've got the acoustic version let's take a listen to the official release officially released acoustic version oh sounds so good when he opens that e or d maybe i guess yeah the clever ways I try to change Happen and past leaving me the same Of course it must be something You hear Zach with the shaker yep. questions I might ask myself <laughs> Sure and certain Lost and lurking, wandered 
Okay, so that's the acoustic release. Yeah. Then the band went and released an acoustic video that's on their YouTube page. Yeah. I downloaded both. They're not the same release. They're not the same performance. Yeah, right. They're different, man. They went again. Um, so I, I, I thought I was going to like just confirm and say, oh, this is just the one. So now you and I together can watch the Sure and Certain acoustic yeah. video. And this is so good. Jim looking good, as always. And look at that. Mayton guitar. <laughs> Have we been saying it wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. How'd you find that out? Uh, researching them. <laughs> Mayton. Of course it must be something else. Leading questions I might ask myself. Oh, man. Zach feeling it. Sure. I like how they lift the blacks a little bit, man. Yeah. Lost and lurking, wonder till we're cool. So the biggest difference is there's no Ricky Birch in the yeah. video version. And in the audio, the aural version, <laughs> uh, there's uh, some bass on it. Um, how did you know there was a difference? I, I listened to them. Oh, okay. you could tell just it's a subtle difference, but yeah. Um, and they did so many acoustic performances of the song yeah. like all over the place. Um, I'm not going to play any of them, but I've got live at the edge, <laughs> Indy 88, acoustic in New York, X in 96, the official acoustic national post music, acoustic in Cincinnati, Live at Zia Records. Now, we can listen to a little bit of the Zia Records one. They posted an official upload from the board. Um, the band did themselves. So let's go and listen to a little bit of this. The clever ways I try to change and past leaving me the same Of course it must be something else Leading questions I might ask myself. So I see, the, um, I'm looking at the artwork Jim Mayton 2008, is that what No, it that's an 808 what? That's the 808, yeah. got it Slimline Slimline, I thought it was stage left <laughs> <laughs> Jump to the bridge and see what they do. Nice. Nice little shaker and tambourine combo there. Good job, Zach. Yeah, dude, Zach nails it. Yeah. Let's see. Since I'm in the live section... Let's jump to 4613, uh, Lollapalooza, Brazil, a, a, uh, a pro shot, as they say in mm. the uh, Exciting. Industry, I guess. Uh, so 4613 is what I wrote down. De mim para poder conversar um pouquinho com a... Ah, see. Sí. <laughs> oh, so here's some banter. Love Jim Banter. 
How you guys doing? What's up? How are you guys doing way back there? What's up? Oh, man. There's a new song. It's called Sure and Certain. Is that a shaker track? <laughs> There's no one shaking anything. So present. Yeah, right. <laughs> it kind of came in out of nowhere. <laughs> shaker forward. Stage, man. Yeah. Is that Robin? Ooh, man. Angelic. By the time they cut to him, he was way away from the mic. <laughs> I think I think it was Robin. Yeah. Be. <laughs> so good. I don't have too many live versions queued up, but I'm kind of interested to see. That was great Tom Harmony right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Robin's definitely singing. shot it is super cool nice long lens dolly shot yeah like right around him it's like a circular mm -hmm. one huh i assume maybe it was on a jib yeah there you go i've never controlled one of those seems like cool playing a like crane game a lot of counterbalance yeah yeah Shot too. Yeah. Over the shoulder. Yeah. Unleash it, man. Mm hmm. What a great track. Mm, man. Solid ass track. Yes. Um, and then they perform on iHeartRadio, another pro shot indoors, but that Lola one was pretty cool. Um, all right. Um, that's all I have for live videos. I've got one that's like the oldest on YouTube, but you know, it's just from the shot from the audience. Okay. Right. Um, let's see. I've got another couple random ones. Did you see Paul Bedard on YouTube? Paul? No, uh, Paul. I did not see Paul Bedard. <laughs> My note here is what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's um, see if we can figure this out. Not uh, sure and certain abled by Paul A. Bedard. I'll hit play on this and let's I'll see if I can read maybe his description, give some info. Nope. 17 subscribers, four views. 
I'm gonna go ahead and give him a like. Okay. Spot a bottom in the tropics. Put so much English on the break that all the roads home did drip with blood. Then the hound dog circled round. Can't tell you by sacred law that you're treading a holy ground. Rising up to the marks, to a path across the land. Some say he lives on too. He ain't one to hear death's cry. And you won't find me in Arizona. You can ask my baby. I think it's a little keyboard. I don't know, but he says Arizona, so it's like, yeah, what's happening? This is very Tom Waits. Oh, yeah, gravelly. Four in the morning, also, Paul Bedard. That's right. Weird. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, next, I didn't think... At first, I didn't know what was happening. Now, I think something happened. There's something called My Hope is Sure and Certain. Did you come across this at all? Uh, no. My Hope. I came across it. I wrote down twice here, but it's common enough. There is a uh, a gospel song that has adopted this phrase. And I googled Sure and Certain Hope Bible verse, mm -hmm. and the best I got was, the Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfalling love, unfailing love. There's surely a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. Okay, so, I I don't know. That's what happens when I Google it. But uh -huh. my hope, what is it? My hope is sure and certain. Here is Barnabas today. Barnabas. I think it's just a gospel song. Persecuted Christians may feel isolated and alone in today's world. They are not alone. And a bunch of Zoom people. Barnabas asked our, our global church family to join in unity and sing of our hope together. Comments are turned off. 111 of views on this. 2.22 thousand subscribers. What a yeah. weird number to put. 2.22k. <laughs> we'll I think we have our rave DJ. Uh, mine is called <laughs> My Hope is sure, Certain and Sure is the one that I made. Okay, well, you're <laughs> going to know mine. If I told you mine, you would know exactly what I did. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> um, all right, and then, yeah, I found another youth ministry did My Hope is... Uh, oh, is it, this is called Oh, My Hope is Sure and Certain. Let's listen to just a little bit to know that, yes, it is the same song, and I'll see what I get here. There's oh, some guitarists on this one. Sick. Electric? Youth... Ministry Diocese of Hyderabad. Sounds like a direct yes, in. This is the same song. Abraham Shun says, This is beautiful. 
good effort. Keep it up. God bless you all 11 months ago. There's more people? And they keep panning yeah, to no, the right, it's David. Like, <laughs> it's almost like I, I, I want to imagine it's just a, a huge circle of people <laughs> around the camera. It's going to end up making a full, <laughs> yeah. full 360. Um, so, cool. I, I love yeah. that these people found a church and they're into it. But you know what this reminds me of? Um, I, I'm sure I brought it up on the pod. Um, the... Portlandia sketch where they are uh, a leaky farms. They want to go see the uh, where their chicken that they're gonna eat was raised. So they get uh, they they're given the address of the farm where the chicken was raised. They leave the restaurant before ordering to go visit the farm where the chicken was raised. Is the whole <laughs> thing. And Jason Sudeikis here. I'll play a little bit of it here. Thirty minutes outside of Portland. Hi, hello. Hello. How are you? Hey, we're here from the restaurant. We called oh, ahead. Oh, of course. Um, so we were just ordering, and we just wanted to make sure that like, the animals were like, being ethically treated, and more importantly, that the farmers were, you know, like ethical people. It's just important oh, to us. Of course. Have you met Aliki? Uh, no, no, we haven't. No. Um, he's just up there. Oh, it's delightful, doesn't it? That's <laughs> him, huh? Jason. Hi. Who? Uh... Uh, just kind of reminds me of this is what I thought of when I saw the video of them all sitting in the grass together <laughs> singing the song <laughs> so they're just cutting back and forth between them anyway well it looks really nice yeah anyway terrific and that's what that that's what that uh, performance of uh, oh my god Hope is sure and certain. So there it is. Um, boo, 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 boo. Shall we jump into covers? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right, sweet. Who do you like? Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a cool one. Corey Myers. Corey Myers used to live up. Oh, so I said Corey Myers drums, but he's playing Kusti with his he, friend, right? No, that's what I thought too. Oh, it's shit. His dad. <laughs> oh, this guy. Let's watch Corey Myers and his pop. Yeah. I thought this was cool. All right. Here's Corey Myers and his dad. The hell did his dad have him when he was 13? I know, right? <laughs> it's the same guy, just with a hat. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it's like when you see the Bizarro World version of you and he just has a mustache. Yeah. <laughs> It's a cool room though too, man. Yeah. Instruments. So his dad's playing a Martin, he's playing a Fender. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. Carmar's drum acoustic cover with my dad. Follow his guitar channel here. Distro Kid account. How I lost fifteen thousand dollars on a drum video. Currently endorse the following drum companies. Let's jump ahead to the uh, bridge here. Yeah. 
Great job, man. Corey nice. Myers, dude. And his pops. Yeah. Slash doppelganger. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I caught that love poster on the wall, though. The one with the handgun, the grenade, oh, the switchblade. I did not see that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure the E on that is like an AK-47 or something. <laughs> it's so subversive. Ugh, gross. I just well, like... It, there's a certain person that uh, identifies with those politics. Cool. There's another person that puts the poster up in yeah. a frame. That's a very different a thing. Yeah, I just I I just can't I can't get on board with that. Uh, <laughs> there's so, a family near us that has it on their car. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and it's just like uh, <laughs> I just anyway. feel like that's inviting. That's what I'm saying. It's like fine to have your Argu- politics yeah but it's just asking for right conversation it's and- a different breed of person that yeah. where it's like uh what uh, it's the same person that puts the sticker of joe biden on the gas pump that says i oh, did yeah. that i did this i yeah. did that <laughs> and i'm sure joe biden's doing it in every other country that has high gas prices too <laughs> I guess. anyway <laughs> um all right who else do you like um let's see we've got Let's do this one. Let's do Caitlin Holmes, and I'll tell you why when we see this. Oh, thing. I wanted to watch Caitlin Holmes. I did not watch her. I set her aside, though. She's acoustic as well, right? Yes, I got her queued up here. Let's, but check out check out the background of this, David. Oh, man. It makes me want to build one of these things. Whoa, the cat. It's a cat hammock, Hamper? man. A camper. A ca- <laughs> oh, a ca- it is a hammock. Cam- not a, a cammock. And what did I call it? A hamper. Cam- a hammock. <laughs> A kamek. And also, that cat reminds me of Sanders, Colonel Sanders up there. Of course, it must be something else. Caitlin's hair looks exactly how I wish my hair looked like in high school. Some can pass the swoop, man. Very emo swoop. Oh, hell yeah. And look, she's got two mics. She's doing with a capo, I assume, to just get it into register. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Right, let's jump ahead yeah. of that bridge, see what she does here. Oh, fuck, she's doing some cool stuff, though. Yeah. Look at the cat has barely moved. I love it. No, the cat's chill. You get some great sound out of that. I know. I was looking at her mic placement, and it's just like uh, more up by the neck, which is cool. Which is probably just getting more roomy vibe. Hell yeah! Yeah, and I want that that, that cat hammock. Um, one thing I also like, man, when I play guitar, um, usually by myself, I'll just be, I'll bring it out to the living room or something and play. I love that it's mainly Sanders that comes out, but he'll rub up against my leg as I'm playing. And I'm like, hey, man, I got my little audience of one here. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's nice. It's really cool. He gets a little scared when I pull it out, like the, uh, out of the case. <laughs> and then he comes right back <laughs> after I start playing and he goes, oh, yeah, I remember what you do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I will say uh, in her <sighs> caption here. It says, Jimmy World never disappoints. Integrity Blues is a good fall jam of an album. Check out my band if you want to. Uh, if you want a new best friend that is me, or even if you don't, you should check it out. Anyway, 
But if you don't, I guess that's cool too. <laughs> so complicated <laughs> to read. Notlikely.bandcamp.com is uh, Caitlin's b- band. Okay. And Tyler Araujo, Araujo says, damn, you slayed this cover. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not likely band. At night, likely band at other things. So cool. Okay. Sweet. Give her some cred. Next. Uh, I got one more that's good here. Jim Hurd. Oh, I heard of Jim Hurd. I like the look of this. Let's go. Let's watch this. This looks almost Acoustic like he's boy. in a church, but it looks he's all he must be in the top part of a an East Coast house. I imagine. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I get it. Now he's got a oh, tailor. Yeah. I dug that intro. Oh shit, he's got a looping pedal? Another slimline music.com, Instagram.com slash Jim Music. This only has 30 views. And not one subscriber, man. I was wondering why I didn't show up. <laughs> I guess that's why. Wedding guitarist and singer. Wedding guitarist? Yeah. Oh, sweet. He's got a John Mayer cover here. Here, let's listen to what he does uh, with the bridge, and then I'm going to hear that John Mayer cover. Yeah. second guitar yeah, that well, matches he, what he was playing in the intro. I'm wondering if he's got a looping pedal. Well, there's definitely harmonies behind him. Yeah. Mmm. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Which right, uh, John Mayer track? He did Queen of California. Ah, Queen of California coming down, down, down. Fuck, man. He's Travis picking like a motherfucker. Oh, is this on Born and Raised? Yes. You can tell, huh? Yeah. That's a terrific record. Yeah, he's got the harmonies back there, this little pedal. Twenty-seven views on this. Yeah. This is uploading twenty eighteen. 
go to jimherdmusic.com and see ya. Uh, site can't be reached i hate that what's that site can't be reached oh man bummer instagram.com slash jim heard music come on I mean, here's the thing i i assume jim heard went and got a gig you know what i mean yeah i was doing like a full-time something or other yeah Currently taking bookings for 2019 and 2020. So that was the last post, October 31st, 2018. COVID. Yeah, man. It, especially this industry. <laughs> the, the wedding photographer yeah, um, that I used to work with took that opportunity to dip out. She doesn't do it anymore because it was just. I'll bet. Know, yeah. 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 That whole well, industry. Man, what a what a talent, though. Yeah. This dude rules. I'm going to yeah. give him. I'm going to shoot him a subscription. And I'm gonna yeah. put, I'm gonna click that bell too. Yeah, know when you Jim get Bird notified. Gets new next content time. up. <laughs> next time you heard right, James sweet. Heard, man. Um, so that's it for Koosies. Uh yeah. you got any bands or bass covers or? Ooh, you know what? Let's do Sugar Pill covers or. Let's do Sugar Pill. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was uh, one of the first. Now he's got a one where he plays along to the song, or one where it's just him playing guitar. It's, it's him playing along with the song. It's behind him. I'm pretty right, sure. Right. Well, he, yeah. I just mean he posted both the same day. So I didn't know. Oh, he did. I grabbed. Say, yeah. Mm. Yeah. With backing track. That's what I grabbed. I, yeah, I didn't okay, catch cool. the other one. Huh? Here. Why don't you let's play a little of that one. And then All I'll right. play maybe the. Uh, OK, I'll, I'll cue up the other. Here's with the backing track then. so funny like i can see where he's getting it and obviously because he's who he is he published this like the week the song came out probably yeah. let's see um but watching jim play it it's actually so much easier than sugar pills making it yeah this was the day the song came out <laughs> like a guitar exercise dude this finger stretching there Forget yeah man oh so this looks like the same video just without the track on it let's jump to a later part of it mm, i like the tone track. yeah job dude um i don't know what these characters are let me uh paste this in google translate there's a japanese oh, toppy. video i toppy that's it toppy yes i, I was intrigued as well toppy? yeah let's listen to it i like the tone of this guitar toppy love toppy's work oh yeah toppy their game <laughs> did it do that thing where yeah oh yeah we got it 
Sounds just like Jim's tone, man. Yeah, man. scrolling through the rest of the videos that Toppy has and I don't recognize really any yeah. of the artists. Let's listen to the uh, bridge here. Yeah. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. It's got that Rick Birch inverted neck there. Looks like he just got off work from a uh Cheesecake Factory? Is that where they wear all black? That's right, yeah. I want to see if he plays that seafoam green fender in these videos. I want to see if it's a Tom DeLonge fender. Dang! Yeah. Alright, he played that in the Dr. Feelgood video. It is not a Tom DeLonge. So I guess I lied. I have heard of some of his songs. I just don't really care for Love that inverted neck though, that's cool. <laughs> so good. Toppy. Ellen. Man, yeah, that's how you that's how you end the song. You shake the guitar. Yeah, that's right. It's the only proper way. We pretend it does something. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I've got two bass covers here. Which one do you mm, want to hear? I got, you know what? Let's go to Joe Calderon. Marco or Joe? Let's go Joe Calderon. All right. Let's hear Joe. Interesting headstock. I can't believe that he's playing that with his finger. It's so twangy. Yeah. Jesus. I've never seen somebody play with their finger in this way. <laughs> it's the booger flicker. <laughs> I mean, he's playing it like it's a pick. He's got some Rush Coldplay. He's got Red Hot Chili Peppers. Ooh, he's got a Death Cab song. Oh, this dude's a bass head, dude. He's got some At The Drive-In, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Getty Lee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look, he's in his shirt here, Rush. It's a yeah. Rush shirt, man. He's super active, too. I bet you that bass is probably something that was custom-made by some... Oh, yeah. ...highly sought-after luthier. There's only one oh, made. totally. 
it's probably made from like a tree that was struck by lightning in Japan. Yeah. Oh man, he's got a bunch of Jimmy World covers. Joe Calderon. Bleed American is this, one. Is this we guy did in, Bleed American already. Is this guy in the group? Um, his, mm, I don't know. One song we haven't done, one song we have done. So we can listen to a little bit of his Bleed American cover. All right. Oh, the same bass. This is his Jimmy World bass. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Boom, boom, boom. That's a little more traditional fingering there. Yep. Oh, chug it, man. Yeah, man. Engine room right here. <laughs> he kind of looks like Rick. A younger Rick, yeah. Yeah. Bleed American era Rick. Bleed American Rick, yeah. <laughs> He's got lots of death cab. I love that. He started... Oh, he's got videos like 10 years ago, 8 years ago, 9 years ago. And then 5 years ago, he started posting a bunch. He's making these faces, David. I think you sent me memes. <laughs> or at oh, least, yeah, like, uh, you shared posts uh, months ago, but it's like, when the bassist comes back looking like this. <laughs> and it plays the, uh, plays the bridge back slower. I'm a Joe Calderon fan. Me too. Alright, I want to listen to this one, because there's not a lot that I can think of. I'm pretty sure this is a very piano-driven song. But it's one of my favorite Death Cab songs. Yeah, I've been playing this on the piano a lot lately. Wes has been really into playing piano, so I brought, broke out the keyboard. I got it set up here in the living room. And, yeah? And uh, I've been playing this when everybody's asleep. Oh yeah, no, there is cool bass stuff in this, yeah. So what's that uh, that thing up at the nut do? That I don't know. I was just looking at that. It has something to do with the nut. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm forcing myself to play piano by ear, which I haven't done in 25 years. Yeah. So it's kind of a trip to, like, get back on the instrument. It's, it's not an instrument I understand. Like, if I need to change keys, oh, I'm, I, yeah. I don't fucking know. Although this keyboard has a transpose button. So oh, I can so you just record it and see, <laughs> and then just, That's yeah. Right. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if it's not like the Halloween theme or something, I'm kind of fucked if I have to change keys. <laughs> uh, whereas on a bass or a guitar, you just move your hand. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so anyway, there is that. All right. Um, 
I have sort of a nightcore. Yeah, the hot dogs and waffles. Is that what it is called? Yeah, yeah it's uh, the, the chipmunks, right? Yeah, the chipmunks. Sammy and Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting because it does sound more like the chipmunks than just sped up. It's like it's like sped up only by like 115%, but then pitched way up because they sound very much like chipmunks. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, there's there it is. <laughs> That's all anybody needs to hear. Uh huh. Um, Matt Wilson on drums. Uh, was it worth visiting? Or? Um, let's give him a little bit. I'd like to see him do the bridge. Yeah, let's do that. Well, let's right. listen to him do the bridge. I'm joking. Whoa, whoa, yeah, man. Beat the shit out of that ride. <laughs> <laughs> Sending it into the next city. (laughs) He's got the mic set up and everything, man. Yeah, man. This dude gets it. I don't get it. Yeah, man. Simple grab and everything. That computer is awfully close. I would have knocked one right into the screen by now. Damn. Yeah. This has 2,000 views, 2,058 views. Sweet sound on those drums. Killed it at the end, making it look easy. So this is interesting. So somebody cuffs says it's impossible to try to mimic the actual drums from the recording. Sometimes it's always best to improvise. Pretty cool cover though. And Matt Wilson says, "Yeah, it's an interesting part." So I tried my best. Great song. Thanks for watching. Ah, that's a good answer. I probably would have said, "Go, go screw yourself." He <laughs> <laughs> you played it. Sounded fine. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, oh, let's see. Does he have any other Jimmy World covers? I'm interested. Uh, no effects, Green Day, Offspring. Huh. Uh, MXPX, that's a great song. <laughs> but no, I don't see any Jimmy World. What my chem song did he do? Oh, he- Helena. I like Helena. 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 I always say Helena. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, he did a Blink song from California. Cool. Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson. Matt Wilson. No, Matt Sharp is who I'm thinking of. Yes. Um. All right. And, uh, I mean, man, yeah, that covers... Mo- oh, there were a couple bands. There was Hindering Hindsight and Simone Welcome. I just had Hindering Hindsight. Well, then let's listen to Simone Welcome. All right. Simona. I think this is like... One dude in his bedroom did it all. I covered one of my favorite Jimmy World song, Sure and Certain. Hope you all enjoy this one. Stay tuned. More exciting things to come on my channel soon. One subscriber, 10 views. Let's see if there was more stuff that came. Yes, there was one more video. 
four years ago. Simone Benvenuti. He's got the harmonies in there too. Yeah, man. cool yeah justin what uh does your rave dj sound like <laughs> it's called sure Lightfoot certain <laughs> oh my god let's see how far we can get into this it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> well this is a three four time too right <laughs> yeah one two three one it's it, it's a recipe for success david Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Wow. Always a good mix with uh, three, four time and then four, four. <laughs> well, I'm sure mine is much better. Uh, my hope is certain and sure. All right. Let's hear it. as funny as it is because it's not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it gets right on beat, right? It's so good. It works. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it works. Yes. <laughs> Feel it, Dave. Feel the spirit. This <laughs> 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 is just the rest of it. <laughs> Impressed. They weren't singing to a click. How did that work so well? That I yeah. I don't know. That was bonkers. Yeah. Oh, I don't man. know, man. I didn't hate it. I yeah. I expected it to be uh all over the place and it worked. 
Justin, what are your final thoughts on the song Sure and Certain by the band Jimmy Eat World? Oh, I absolutely love this album. And Sure and Certain as track two on this thing is just, uh, it's just, it's perfection here. It's that chef's kiss. I love this track. It's a hard hitter and it's got one of my favorite drum breaks in there uh, that Zach plays. Um, it really, I mean, he's all over the place. We saw it in drum cams and the covers and stuff. This is a great track. What about you, man? Yeah, same. Um, I already knew I really liked this, the chorus on this song. Um, I think eh, the intro, I feel like, is like when they play it live, it's kind of like, eh, all right, get to the verse. <laughs> like, it's just like not enough happening for me. But um, once the verse kicks in and it builds from there, and that's probably why the intro is so boring is let the song build as it goes, build as it goes, build as it goes. Absolutely incredible. Love it. Love the chorus. Love the post-verse slash bridge. Uh, it really feels great. And I really feel like we're getting more of this type of stuff from Zach. He did, obviously, some awesome work on Past the Baby. Yeah. Um, And has more moments like this. Like, on Congratulations has so many really cool moments. Um, So I'm really excited to hear Zach kind of, like, explore this kind of realm. I don't know what you would call it, but, like, asymmetrical drumming where it's in time but not where you think it should be yep um so yeah really really cool stuff uh and uh and we love zach um and he should come on i don't know should talk about drumming i don't know (laughs) who can know um but anyway uh uh even if you have somebody doing a podcast about you and you hate listen remember (laughs) to be excellent to each other and party on dudes Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a long time coming, but one of our favorite artists that we found on Instagram at all, so much so that we stopped looking on Instagram altogether, it can't be better, uh, Kala Music, Kala joins us on the podcast. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Kala. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thanks and for this is me. us just meeting and we did some troubleshooting and it's super fun. So um, yeah. welcome to the show. I don't uh, anticipate that you've listened to all of our nonsense, but are at least familiar enough to know that we are setting out to discuss every single Jimmy World track. And in that, we discovered a couple of your covers, most notably A Sunday and that you did 122395. Um, and uh, and we knew we needed to have you on and talk about your music and your journey with the band. Uh, so again, welcome to the show. Um, and let's talk a little bit about you as an artist. Um, obviously, those are covers. You are a musical artist in and of yourself. How would you... Uh, of course, this is like the most dreadful question, but how would you describe your uh, your current aesthetic, I guess? <laughs> oh, yeah, you're starting with the easy ones. Um, I guess I would describe myself as an indie pop artist in the in the broader sense. Um, I am a singer songwriter slash producer and I am from Germany originally. I am in Berlin right now, but um, I've been living in London for the past seven years. So yeah, working, living in London, living the life out there. And uh, yeah, big Jimmy Welp fan for over half my life now, which uh, is a long time. But yeah, it's cool. It's cool that there's a podcast for things to meet the world. And you've set yourself quite the task of 
discussing every single song that's out there because there are a lot. Yeah, so, and especially it, it gets really uh, scary when we do the big ones because we feel like mm. there's like so much to cover. So usually we'll try to stagger in a couple like nothing episodes in between so we have time to do the actual research on the bigger tracks. Um, yeah. But uh, in doing that, yeah, I think that's a perfect encapsulation of sort of your uh, genre, your aesthetic. Um, the indie pop vibe, the great thing about Jimmy Eat World songs is that they lend themselves to really any genre. And hearing your transformations in your covers um, is really inspiring and, uh, and gives like that new life to songs that are already like pretty in the alternative world ballads but um hearing them in this new sort of indie pop sense is uh uh is was a real treat to discover um thanks how long have you uh been making music i know you said you went to london for six years or so yeah so um all my life really i know this is like the cheesy cliche answer but i think that's how it goes for most people um i started playing piano when i was like five my my um, grandma is a piano teacher and my mum played piano for a long time um and so yeah that was the logical continuation of, of that so they put me into lessons at five which i didn't really enjoy at first at all and then um i kind of continued on and kind of not not late late but kind of discovered that i could write my own music because when i played piano it was classical like heavy classical you know playing competitions and stuff like that so I didn't really put myself like in those shoes of like wow I can use the piano to to write music to me that was always like guitar you know um so yeah then I started kind of writing my own songs and I had a I had a band in high school that was pretty terrible but we had a lot of fun we um had like one or two or three own songs and then the rest of the time we covered like Paramore and Food Fighters and stuff like that, which was quite hilarious. And um, yeah, at the end of high school, I was like, oh, God, I think this is what I want to do. And my parents were like, oh, no, get a real job. But um, yeah, so I studied songwriting in London and then decided that, that I wanted to stay. And I fell in love with the city. And yeah, that's where I'm right now. I released two EPs and um, writing for an album at the moment. So yeah. And that's what you're doing there in Germany now, yeah? Um, I work out here at the moment, um, but I'm also doing a few sessions. So while I'm here, thankfully, my work lets me work abroad for a month this year. So um, I'm, I'm doing a bit both. Yeah, that's that's super exciting and, and probably really inspiring to sort of go home and sort of reconnect with your roots in a way. Um, it's funny, you have a very similar story to me. I went, got put in piano lessons, was like, ah, oh, this is really not fun. But you get to know the mechanics of sort of songwriting. Mm, for sure. And then I ended up with like, oh, I want to learn a bunch of Blink-182 songs. I bet I could figure that mm. out. And I did all of that before I ever picked up a guitar or a bass. And then that was like that. It strangely enough translated enough. Um, I guess, you know, my inner metronome was sort of tuned. Um, I think so, it's really good. It's a really good starting instrument. Just like you see everything mapped out and then you can kind of switch over to whatever whatever you want. Yeah, absolutely. Even percussive, uh, percussion, because you are, you know, banging away at the keys. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, that's super inspiring. So let's talk about, obviously, you sort of were already, uh, like you said, half your life you've been into Jimmy Eat World, and you touched on Paramore, another one of my favorite bands, Foo Fighters. Uh, did you happen to get, no, you you were you were in uh, Germany when they did the... Yeah, yeah. Some of my friends went to the tribute show, it looked yeah. amazing, but... 
I think, yeah, I already knew that I was going to be away, but yeah. otherwise I probably would have got ticket. Yeah. I mean, you know, as, as sad as it is, obviously, you're never going to see all of those legends in yeah. one place <laughs> ever again. <laughs> Do you uh, let's uh, let's let's focus on Jimmy Eat World and sort of that whole scene. How, how did you sort of get introduced to the band Jimmy Eat World? So I'll do a big backtrack, I think. So I listened to lots of pop music growing up. Like I was a, I was obsessed with like Britney and Christina and like chart music, really. I always bought these like chart compilations each month that were really popular back then. And they were called Smash in Germany. Um, and then I, when I was 11, this band came out in Germany called Tokyo Hotel and they were like a huge like teen success and I was like obsessed with them and that was kind of my gateway into rock music and then I discovered Paramore really randomly on like a radio show um and I was like oh my god I have to google these lyrics this band is so cool and from there I discovered Jimmy World really because they covered um Hear You Me um and I was like oh I'm gonna look up I didn't know it was a cover but when I found out I was like oh I'm gonna look up the original band and discovered them then I was like oh my god they have like seven albums out this was in like 2007 so I was like oh god there's so much to seven albums or however many it was at that point um there's so much to to dig in and yeah from then on I was hooked really there was a lot to discover yeah I, I imagine that would be uh an exciting thing to to sort of oh yeah let me check out this one band and and having a breadth of a catalog like that and a catalog like Jimmy Eat World so you come mm. in 2007 chases light is going to be like uh either just coming out uh or yeah and that's super pop forward right yeah, so that's probably is, like yeah. just just hitting your uh <laughs> your uh striking a chord with you yeah. um listening do you recall sort of like obviously you probably went to hear you me and and sort of branched out from there from bleed american but do you recall sort of your journey because you've got aesthetics on clarity that are very very different from anything like on chases light and sort of how you how your discovery went back then and how it's evolved over the last so many years. Yeah, I think I, I think I did start with Chase This Light. Well, I heard Hear Me and then I think from there I went to like the middle, probably, you know, the, the big, big ones. And then I think I listened to Chase This Light. And I mean, you'll know this era, but this was before Spotify or anything. So I had to go to my local like record store and they didn't have the CD. So I had them, I, I had to order them in. Um, and like spell out the name and everything to the to the lady who was working there but um yeah I think I must have started with Chase this light and then sort of worked my way back to um Futures and Bleed American and I think those were the three albums really that I listened to and I didn't to be honest with you this is gonna people are gonna be like oh my god but I didn't really appreciate Clarity until the last four years maybe I never really listened to it and then I listened to it and I was like oh my god I never really gave it the time of day it's a different um, vibe and you're yeah. not alone that's how the record mm. was received and uh, yeah even sure we talk about when they went on the 2009 tour uh celebrating 10 years of it they were they were only just getting appreciation for that record and uh it was so odd to them that people held it in such high regard because it sold so that's really record. weird yeah <laughs> yeah I didn't know that that was really strange strange but yeah I think those are like the three albums that I started with and then you know as they released Advented and stuff I kind of followed along and like went to a festival where they played and stuff and um but yeah I reckon that one kicked it off and it's so like it's so easy to get into especially I was like 12 <laughs> um especially when you're like 12 13 it's really 
accessible and very like yeah easy easy to sing along to i guess absolutely it's i mean that's what it is it's great pop songwriting and so uh as you're sort of at 12 you've written some songs at that point and you're sort of getting into knowing your smash hits your chart your chart hits and then getting into the rock realm and sort of starting to blend those two things do you do you see in some of those songs that you started writing 12 13 14 uh their influence on some of your approaches for sure i think i think jimmy world and paramore were probably my two biggest influences at that time um and i think like everyone when they start writing music you kind of create like copies of songs because you're trying you're, you're trying to find your feet so you kind of create these pastiches of what you think oh paramore would write this or you know stuff like that and um so we i definitely did that i did that 100 percent. yeah and uh are any of those songs like out in the world like would you recommend oh it? hell no <laughs> <laughs> although i do remember that we we had a the band that I had in high school. We had a song, and the title was I think this was the first song we ever wrote together. And the title was a song I can't read myself because me and my friends were listening to Fall Out Boy a lot as well. So I was like, I have to have like a really long song title. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, super edgy at the time. Now a little bit cringe, but it's of course it's what you've it's if what you're you've not cringing at the past, you're not doing it right. <laughs> and I actually I had a I had a really nice moment recently where. Um, I rediscovered my Tumblr that I started when I was like 15, I think, or 14. And I used to, as kind of, I had like these diary entries that I kind of kept in there. And then, you know, general Tumblr stuff that you post on Tumblr, like, like the 1975 stuff or whatever. Um, and I had gone to this festival with my friend and seen Jimmy World play. I think this was 2011. And after I came back, I wrote this diary entry on my Tumblr and I was like, oh, I wish I could be a musician like Jimmy World. Like, that would be crazy. I wish I could meet them one day. And like, you know, now like, I make music. Um, I live in London and I have met them twice. So that's great. Yeah, that was a cool moment. So in, I was what like, were the, uh, what was, were the yeah. sort of situations around you meeting them? So um, the first time I met them was in 2019 when Surviving came out, they did like a release show in Birmingham of all places. <laughs> I was like, why? But okay. But I was like, I have to go. Oh my God, I have to go. And Birmingham is like, I think a one and a half hour train ride from London. Um, and I had nobody to go with because I think it was on a weekday and I wasn't, I had a day off, I think. So I was like, fuck it, I'm, I'm going to go on my own. Like I literally don't care. <laughs> I need to go. So I, I went um, and they had like a signing session and played a show afterwards so that was really cool I was so nervous and you know when you take a picture with somebody and they're like sitting down behind the table and they're like signing stuff and my picture was so ugly it was so ugly I was like I was like trying to like because you're standing and they're sitting so it's like an awkward like you're not on the same like level so I was kind of like leaning down and I literally my posture was like a C like I was like I can't and yeah, I came out and I looked at the picture. The security guy took the picture and I was like, oh my God, I can't, like, I can't have this be the picture that I took today. So I queued again to take another picture. Amazing. So, yeah, that was um, cringe, but, you know, I had, I had to. Good for you. No, not at all. <sighs> you got to shoot your shot, right? 
Exactly. I was like, I cannot come home and this be my picture. Absolutely not. <laughs> so um, in addition to being a songwriter, you said you're a producer. How did you sort of get into that? And how did you, what were the routes? Justin and I played in bands growing up and we pretended to, you know, figure out whatever recording software we had at that time. Um, what was your route? How did you get, how did you go about doing that? I didn't really get into production until I went to uni. So I studied songwriting and we had a module on production and we had a really great teacher. Shout out to Paul. <laughs> he's not going to listen to this, but he's great. Um, had a really great teacher. And I think to me, it was always very intimidating and kind of like almost like a boys thing. I didn't know any girls that did production, um, but he kind of showed us ways that there is kind of no right and wrong. And even if you record something shitty, you know, if you're creative, you can make something really great. So it was nice to get into that without any pressure of like right and wrong. So, yeah. And that was, yeah, five years ago or so. So, I mean, I'm not like, you know, a hit producer, but, um, no, but you, uh, I, I dabble. Are, uh, and is that in Pro Tools or Logic or what? Do you, what were no, you? I use Logic. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I like Logic. Cause that's what we learned in uni. So I just yeah. stuck with it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I uh, I'm, almost useless in Pro Tools, but Logic, I can sort of understand. I'm a video editor, so like oh, I'm, nice. I'm pretty amateur when it comes to audio at all, as you could see when, before we got set up here. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's rad. That's super cool. And so that what's nice about it is that's what Jimmy Eat World does, is they have their practice studio where they record themselves. And at this point, they're engineering everything themselves and sending yeah, it out to like Ken Andrews or Mark Trombino to do the mixing. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize... Uh, that Jim did all the mixing for the for the live uh, live streams that they did last year. I think he, he mixed them all, right? I want to say he it did. Yeah, taken forever. <laughs> right, but he seems like the dude. He seems like the type, right? Like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He wants to have his like, fingerprint he, on it. He's getting in. He's getting in the weeds there. Yeah, like you know, EQing one snare drum for like half. A, well, I say half an hour. Days probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. and it pays off. I mean, it's interesting because you get things like uh for integrity blues they had released love never and half heart which were recorded and mixed by jim and then they ended up having ken andrews remix love never when it was on the record um oh, okay I didn't know that. the interesting thing about it is it's all the exact same instrumentation so it's the exact same engineered content just from a different mixer so it's interesting hearing the two exact same songs mixed differently it's kind of a cool uh as a producer, you probably appreciate hearing them back yeah, and back in that Yeah, I didn't way. know that. It's not Love Never, I'm not going to lie, not my favorite song. I really wish they would have put Half Heart on the record instead. Yeah. But I was like, a little bit bummed when I didn't do that. I don't think that's a hot take for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not. I'm not going to get hate for it. That's no. <laughs> so let's talk about Integrity Blues and specifically Sure and Certain, which we're tagging this on to. Yeah. Um, man, uh, Justin and I like to say this is like their return to form for like a clarity or a future style record. Um, Hell yeah, I yeah. agree. Cool. Um, and uh, and talk about the album rollout. We all have our own stories from 2016 when that rolled out. What, what was yeah. uh, what was going on with you? So I think I'd kind of gone through, you know, when you go through phases of like being really into a band and then you don't listen to them as much. So I was kind of in a phase where I wasn't listening to the band that much. And then when that album came out, um, I really liked the singles like I think it was yeah it was sure and certain and then it was get right I think so I was like wow I have to like I ordered the vinyl and stuff and I like got back into them loads and now I think it's one of my favorite album of 
of theirs. Um, yeah, it it just kind of reeled me back in, I think. And it also came at a time in my life. This was just after I'd moved uh, to London. So it was like a big, big transitional time for me. And that, that album kind of accompanied that for me. And I think it, wasn't it um, released in autumn, right? Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. I think the Apple event is playing in the background for me. Hold on. <laughs> Legitimately, the Apple event just started playing in the background. That's my bad. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, sorry. You had just moved to That's London. Okay. It was sort of encapsulated yeah. that time in your life. Yeah. I just moved to London to start uni, so it was like a big transitional time, and that album definitely like accompanied that, that, uh, that uh, change in my life. And then also, I think it's just a total like autumn fall like leaves on the ground album love it it's it's so validating to hear you talk that way as a songwriter and a producer because justin and i like to pigeonhole things into like seasons like this very much feels like or night driving or fall or yeah winter or stuff like that um yeah uh, definitely getting that vibe from songs is uh palpable and it's fun yeah. to hear those uh, uh and the aesthetic on the liner notes and everything was just so well done uh, and really feels like the record. Um, so sure and certain is the song. Uh, do you recall sort of uh, your relationship with that song the first time you heard it and uh, what your feelings are on it specifically? It was obviously an impetus for you to check out the record altogether. Mm, definitely was. Yeah, I think, yeah, I really like Get Right. And then I really like Sure and Certain. And I think, yeah, as I said, I, they just reeled me back in. I can't remember when I first heard them, but obviously made me buy the vinyl you know I wasn't like okay I'll, I'll listen to this on Spotify when it comes out I was like I have to get the vinyl and I got the, the tickets for the show and kind of yeah got back into got back into the band so That's yeah awesome. definitely a good one for me sure. when they uh, did they bring the street lamp with them uh as yeah. Part of the, yeah that was a, and the and the that. like huge fans in the back yeah 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 I think yeah that was yeah. a really sick stage setup yeah they have really good production uh it's minimal but effective <laughs> yeah yeah no i think that was a really cool idea they must have had a whole truck just for those right street street lights <laughs> we uh you'll you'll appreciate this this is one of my favorite moments so they played an album release show the day after my it was either my birthday or the day after um at the roxy here in la which is a cap that like 350 to 500 venue and uh like i played this theater in high school right and they're playing, they've got the whole, the, you know, the setup they can fit on that stage. And uh, the cool part about playing a small show like that is the VIP area is in plain view of the entire audience. And especially if you play mm -hmm. the show, you know where they are. And so I just look up there to see who's at the show. Uh, this is great. It's pretty small and intimate. And uh, I see Haley Williams rocking out right above the stage. And obviously they share died. a producer. Yeah, they share a producer. They've toured together in the past and she's just such a fan. Yeah. Um, so I, I I, mean, I'm a huge fan of hers. So I was just so excited to see her up there. And she was oh, just like, man, I would have died. just a fan at a show. Like, you know, mm. she could have been in the crowd and no one probably would have thought twice about it. Like she was having a blast. So <laughs> I still, they, they toured together, haven't they, in the past? I think only in the US maybe, but that they would be my that, dream gig. Uh, I want to say. My dream lineup. Yeah, 2011 maybe, 2010. Yeah. Um, and that was a Good that was a great tour. That was the first time I had I had seen Paramore live. Um, and sick. Yeah, I'm a huge. huge I'm fan waiting for their album. It's supposed to come out this Friday, apparently. So they say. <laughs> I don't that's believe exciting. it, but that's well, the rumor. <laughs> I remember when JMJ showed up in Phoenix. 
he had shown up in Phoenix to work with Jimmy Eat World on uh, Place Your Debts and Something Loud, maybe not at the same time. But as soon as he was in Phoenix, I was like, that means the Paramore record is done because he had already posted the the you know production board for it. And so I was like, I don't remember which episode of the podcast it was, but part of our housekeeping, I was like, if JMJ is there, that means Paramore is done. And I'm very excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he? I think he I'm not sure if he is producing the new record. Really? I feel like I read somewhere that he's not. Oh, it's possible. You know what? I think they might be self-producing it. Oh, that would be cool and too. Just having it mixed. I think Taylor's probably. I'm I'm uh, I'm far enough away that like it's all sort of news to me. But I yeah, yeah. I could have sworn that JMJ had posted a production board, and maybe everybody oh, just assumed it. that it was Paramore. But um, okay, I'd love for them to. I'm like, a diehard. Yeah, Beyonce. I'm like drop a once record. I've already said to all my friends like. Once this record comes out, I'm sorry, you cannot reach me for a couple of days. Yeah, I'm not coming into work. I'm uh, no, my phone and do not disturb. I'm unavailable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, this was super fun, Talking Shop. Is there anything else you want to talk about the band um, or any experiences you've had with them? Or, uh, oh, you know what I didn't do was uh, find out which is your favorite Jimmy Eat World record. You sort of touched on it, but let's <sighs> get it in writing here. <laughs> uh, um, I think, do you know what? I think it's Futures. Yeah, I think a classic. Yeah. I think that's a lot of people's favorite record. Absolutely. And um, then if you were, and obviously yeah. this is a today, um, which is uh, Kala's favorite Jimmy Eat World song? Um, one I've listened to a lot this year is Paul Roger, the closer from from Integrity Blues. I think, I mean, their closers are always great. We all know that. But I think that was the best closer in a while. Yeah. So yeah, I love that one. Have you, uh, have you ever, as a songwriter, have you dabbled with uh, what your Goodbye Scar Harbor will be? Like, have you done like an 18 minute track yet? Where you're... Do you know what? I think I've only listened to the, to that song all the way through, like maybe twice. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, the longest song that I've ever done was like five minutes. And that to me was already like, I mean, oh, this is, and that was a closer. <laughs> what an EP. There Which, it is. That's, as fair, it was, should be. was inspired yeah. by the band. But... There you go um that would probably be it that's my max that i can do i think <laughs> well Kala, thank you so much for coming on thanks for catching thank you I, I, this was really fun this is the first time we're meeting yeah uh, thanks for chatting yeah um where can people find you online and find your music so you can find me on pretty much all social media platforms under at Kala music and i'll spell the name for you it's k-a-h-l-l-a music uh instagram spotify tiktok also Twitter, yeah, and yeah, I've got two P's out, um, a couple of singles, and album coming, not this year, <laughs> ambitious, but at some point next year. Awesome. Well, we're really excited to hear it. If we were to play a song out of this episode, uh, were you to allow us, which would you recommend people uh, listen uh, to? One of my songs? Yeah. Um, our Rearview Mirror, I think. Right. If you're cool with it, we'll play it after this interview, and then everybody can check oh, yeah. it out right here on the pod. Cool. Thank you.
Check for 